Will Saquon Barkley be a first-round pick tonight? Who will be the first tight end off the board? And which of these leagues truly sets the FFPC ADP? Join us tonight for two solid hours of live pick-by-pick draft coverage of the first FFPC 150 Classic Leagues of the season, the Genesis and Revelations drafts. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. What more can I say? We top billing it. Stallion without billing it. Viciously found victory. Burnt towns and villages. Burning looting and pillaging. Murderers try to hurt us. We curse them and all that children. I just want the bread and bologna bundles to talk away. I don't work for free. I am barely giving a book away. Hotel begging Johnny and Mommy to get the book away. Hey, yo, here's a gun, son. Now run. Get Live to shoot another day. Broadcast live and heard around the world. You are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Thank you so much, Rob. Greetings and salutations, all you Balkaholics and Gerzak and addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above-average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, we cover the first FFPC 150 Classic Drafts of the season, live, pick-by-pick. If you want to follow along with the draft boards, you can do so on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash highstakesfantasyfootball. Uh, our uh, producer and mutual friend Rob has already confirmed me that the feed is active and working. Uh, God bless technology that we don't have that snafu that we had last year. And I would say our audio engineer Bryce is hard at work tonight, but he's not. He's hard at work commissioning both these drafts, uh, both the Genesis and Revelations drafts. And shout out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you might have in there. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, you can do so at HSFFHour, at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak. Facebook.com slash HSFFHour is where to get all of us there. And, of course, if you want to call in and talk tonight, 347-426-3682, that's 347-GAME-OVER. You can also email the show at the inbox at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, now is the time to send them in. We'll try to get to all the chat room questions, tweets, and emails later on in the show. Uh, we have a jam-packed two-hour segment of, uh, of programming for you tonight. And Dave, this is sort of the unofficial kickoff to, uh, to draft season. Of course, drafts have been going on since February. Uh, but we are uh, kicking things off in style tonight with both the Genesis and Revelations drafts. I'm really excited, Walkie, and uh, I'm really most excited to see who we're starting with. That was... Uh, was it already announced? Well, it wasn't announced. Who would, I, uh, we, okay. It hasn't been announced, but if you go to the YouTube feed, you'll see who we're starting with. Did you have a preference on who you wanted to start with tonight? Uh, you know, I think we've been doing Genesis for a long time. Maybe go to Revelations. Have they earned it? Well, we've done Revelations. I think the last two years we did Revelations first. And I've got to tell you, the, the contentiousness and the venom that was spewed on Twitter back and forth between these two leagues was something that we hadn't seen in probably about half, half a decade between these two leagues. And it was good to see that rivalry back. Hats off to the Genesis players who have uh, really, you know, stirred the pot quite a bit. And uh, I got to tell you, 
it took several years for Revelations to topple Genesis, and I didn't want to give it back to Genesis to be covered right away. You know, this first year after they've they've really um, you know made a comeback. If they do this again next year, hands down they're going to be first. They filled the league first. They're on social media, putting it out there. They're, yeah, it's they're quite a privilege, I'm sure. Fiery guys, so we'll start with, uh, with Revelation. Well, thanks to Kern Reeve, it's, it's part of the reason that that even uh, got, got so hectic. He, yeah, he because, because the way it worked is, is he joined an FFPC startup, the 250 number 26, and I believe nine of those 26, guys. 26.2.0, I think. 26.2.0. Nine of those guys are in the Genesis League, uh, which, which is really, really bizarre. We are going to try to troubleshoot our, our audio here. One second, everybody. No one can hear it anyway. <laughs> I can hear it. All right. Well, I don't know why nobody else is hearing it but Dave. <laughs> I can hear it. All right. I'm going to tell everybody to refresh. Yeah, refresh your stuff. <laughs> okay, that's it. Uh, so we, we uh, just a couple of things up, up at the top of the show. I'm not going to drill this home too too bad, but Football Guys Early Bird Promotion, get in now, free $35 FFPC teams. You can sign up at myffpc.com slash footballguys. Main event Early Bird expires at the end of this month. Room discounts at Planet Hollywood, myffpc.com. We have best ball drafts and classics, uh, really a lot of them going off this weekend. Of course, the Football Guys Players Championship kicking off this weekend, $2.1 million prize pool. $250,000 grand prize. Check that out. That's the earliest ever. Bryce will be commissioning starting tomorrow afternoon on uh, Kentucky Derby Day since you and I will be at the OTB losing our life savings. Yeah, and, I'm very uh, Dynasty Startups kicking off this week. One final thing, Brian Valenti, former guest of the show. He was on the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown this week at rotoviz.com slash podcast. Oh. Uh, very good, entertaining. Was a, it was a little bit of a longer show because we got into a, it's a it's a heavy heavy rookie draft show. So for all of you guys who play dynasty, you'll want to listen to this. Uh, Brian's won I don't know how many FFPC dynasty leagues because uh, he's coming off a 1250 number 10 victory last year. Uh, so he knows this stuff and uh, he shared a lot of his knowledge. Uh, changed the way I thought about a lot of uh, a certain amount of players. Uh, so check that out. Wrote of his. I might actually do that. Podcast. Yeah, a lot of good stuff there. All right, so kicking things off tonight, I'm going to tell you who the lineup is in uh, Revelations. Um, everybody, Dave, in Revelations has been on the show before, a guest on the show, except for Kevin Bassaker, who's drafting fourth. Um, that's not for a lack of trying by me to try to get him on. Anyway. Is Kevin shy? Uh, maybe he is. The Doughboys, owned by Peter St. Pierre, kicking things off the one spot tonight. Kevin O'Connor, who is one of two players drafting in both Revelations and Genesis tonight at the same time. Is that even permitted? Uh, it is permitted. And uh, he is drafting second. Todd Hunter, team named Four Packer, will be drafting in the third hole. <laughs> That's funny. Hitting cleanup is the aforementioned Kevin Bassaker. Cod Peace be with you, owned by our buddy Hudson Kern Reed, <laughs> drafting in the fifth spot. Larry Jilton's Rednecks in the sixth. And Vip Lab Mandel, the other guy who is drafting in both the Genesis and Revelations leagues tonight, he is drafting seventh. www.gerzakscodpiece.com, a fitting <laughs> team name. Uh, of course, you know him, you love him. Zubcap is drafting uh, with that team in the eighth spot. Remove Codpiece for reach around. John Terry uh, shifting away from his normal t- uh, team name to go with the Remove Codpiece for reach around, hitting ninth tonight. Vincent Staffolino's BC Staff. At actually, he changes to Darth Vader Codpiece. Oh, Darth Vader Codpiece. Okay, that's to keep the Codpiece theme going. We're going to have to rename this league the Codpiece Revelation uh, next yeah, year. Fantastic. Brian Holgen's Dude Platinum, of course, 11th. And. You're defending 
Revelations champion getting the shaft from the 12th spot. Ron Meyer, it's two Packer picking out as a 12th oh, spot. That's just fine. So there you go. That is uh, that, that's what we're looking at here. Dave, do you have a draft board in front of you just so I can intelligently yeah, talk? I do actually. Okay, perfect. So let's kick things off tonight. Uh, the first round is complete. We'll tell you what happened here. A lot of running backs, spoiler alert. Todd Gurley going to the Doughboys at one. No surprise there. Le'Veon Bell at the two to Kevin O'Connor. Todd Hunter goes to the Ezekiel Elliott at three. Kind of the chalk. I don't think there's any surprise between those, those three right there. If you are drafting those three spots, those are probably the three players going to be drafted more often than not as, as of right now. David Johnson, a bit of a surprise with the 104. But, Dave, I think you and I talked about this. He's a special player. He's still going to be the focal point of that offense. He had an injury last year to his wrist. This is not something debilitating that, that would prevent him from being the player he was before. David Johnson, you make a case. That's actually a steal at the 104. It sure seems like it. I mean, if he wasn't a lower body injury, so it's just a risk. David, David Johnson actually, um, as I say this, his ADP is the 104 right now in drafts. So, if, you know, <laughs> if we go by FFPC ADP, it's not a steal. But, you know, in the long run, maybe it will be. Uh, let's talk about his next pick, Saquon Barkley. He goes to Cod Peace Be With You. Kern Reeves taking him at the 105. Dave, is that something you would be capable of doing this year, taking Saquon Barkley, a rookie, and uh, if you follow draft Twitter, there's plenty of people that say he wasn't even the best running back in the draft. Would you be able to take him at the 105 in a redraft league? I personally would probably not take him there. I mean, I, I, I need a little bit of experience. And I, so I think I'd probably look at a receiver or a different running back that's got experience. Barkley, you know, I, like I, I go back to the fact that there's a 10, 20% chance he's a bust. He's, you know, he... He runs a lot like Reggie Bush, where he's just—he's always trying to break stuff outside. A 230-pound Reggie Bush. Yeah, so he's always trying to break stuff outside. If they're, if they're loading up the box, which maybe they won't be able to do that, but you never know. Uh, if the offensive line's having problems, if he's having problems, if he can't pass protect, there's, there's a lot of things that he has to learn to be an NFL player. It's going to an offense that uh, offensive line isn't great, although it is, has been improved after the NFL draft. They did a good job. I believe they got Will Hernandez in the second round. I, I think that's who it was. It was a big-time guard that should help uh, Saquon Barkley. So I don't know if I would be able to do it either, but we might be sitting here at the end of the year when Saquon Barkley is like number two or three running back and say, what a great pick for Kern. Tough for me to judge someone who's, who's much more well-educated than I am. Yeah, you know, and I'll say this. Of course, it is about insects, so I guess whatever. His ADP right now is the 107, and uh, you're talking about an Ivy League professor that uh, took him two spots ahead. He wasn't going to get him in the second round. If you wanted him, you got to get him there, and he did. Yeah, but he's been sitting in the, in the, in the Ivy League ivory tower for yeah. years and years and years. He finally comes out of there, yeah. and this is what he's doing. That's what he's doing. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, the next pick to the Rednecks at the 106, and then the second receiver off the board, Antonio Brown to Biplab Mandel's Rainmaker. Dave, is Hopkins ahead of Antonio Brown this year for receivers for you right now? I mean, if you were married to taking a receiver at that sixth spot, is it Hopkins over Brown? I would still take Brown. You would still take Brown. I, yeah, I just, you know, he's, he's been awesome for, like, forever. Yeah. Uh, Dalvin Cook, bit of a surprise here, to www.gerzakspodpiece.com. Uh, I'm going to pick that up on GoDaddy. <laughs> it's probably already taken. They're probably already selling cod pieces off there that they uh, that they say were already worn by you. Cod pie. Uh, cod pie, excuse me. Dalvin Cook there at the 108. So that's a bit of a surprising pick. Uh, he's coming off the ACL tear, Dave, and this is a guy who actually FFPC drafters haven't been taking him till the 203. Uh, I, I don't know if I would be able to take Cook there. I mean, he looked good in limited action last year, but that's what it was, limited action. They bring in Kirk Cousins. You would think the passing game is a little bit more, more prolific with him there, throwing to Thielen, throwing to Diggs, throwing to Rudolph, and, and what have you. 
Uh, so you look at Dalvin Cook there. I don't know if I, I would have done that. Yeah, he, he has to get back from the injury, so there's that. You have to get past. I mean, he still had such a limited amount of production. I, I totally agree with you, actually. I would have looked at Fournette, Hunt, McCaffrey, Kamara, you know, all the guys that went after him. That's probably what I would have had. Leonard Fournette to Darth Vader, codpiece. That's Vince Staffolino uh, taking him there. So he's banking that big-time production, heavy workload of Leonard Fournette. Uh, Kareem Hunt, right after that. Or, uh, no, excuse me. Darth Vader, codpiece is... Took, took Fournette, Fournette. Hunt went at the 10th. Okay, well, I must... Oh, that was John Terry. I screwed up. Remove, there's too many codpiece team names. Remove codpiece for reach around. <laughs> Is Leonard Fournette. Uh, that's, that's John Terry. Yeah. Uh, so he changed it to Darth Vader codpiece. I got it. Vin, Vincent, uh, Vince Staffolino then takes um, uh, Kareem Hunt, the third sophomore running back to go right in a row. Oh, hell, Beckham falling all the way to the 111. I know you don't like Beckham from a dynasty standpoint, but getting Odell Beckham, Dave, here at the 111? I mean, I don't really dislike Beckham that much, and, you know, but I just don't own him anywhere, so whatever. So. But you would own him at this spot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's, to me, that, boy, that is a good pick right there. The guy rejuvenated Eli Manning, or right. that's what they're trying to sell us at least. A, a rejuvenated running game, a rejuvenated offensive line. They have a rejuvenated offense and team in general there. So getting Beckham there, certainly. And, you know, he had the bad injury last year. We'll have to see if he comes back from that. But, man, I, I would take that risk at 111. And then your boy. Christian McCaffrey. Two-packer called it before the draft started. He would be taking Christian McCaffrey at the 112 or the 201, I guess, tonight. Uh, so he goes and uh, uh, at the 112 to complete the round. And that is four sophomore running backs uh, for, uh, for the first round. So and no huge surprises there, I guess. Uh, maybe Dalvin Cook a little bit, Saquon Barkley. But that is your first round of the Revelations draft tonight. I want to, uh, to go to the phone lines right now. And uh, go to the 913 and take our first call tonight. What's up? Who are we talking to? You're on the air with Balky and Dave on the HSFF Hour. Hey, what's going on, fellas? This is uh, NFL style John Walter. John Walter, you, th- listen, why are you calling in now? We're saving the best for last. You, we have Genesis coming up in the second hour. We want to talk about your draft, but we don't know, nobody knows what's <laughs> going on in it right now. Well, I truly appreciate it, but I feel like, you know, the Genesis has truly delivered so far early on, and that's just how we do it. <laughs> I got to tell you, John, I was really impressed with the grassroots movement that was put on by, by you and your cohorts in Genesis. And I'll tell you this, if you guys do this again next year, uh, I, I don't see how we can't keep you out of the top spot and maybe just dedicate all two hours to Genesis. It was all truly right, now you're just kissing up. I mean, that's the truth. I mean, you got to eventually just give in to – the way it's doing it, and that's how it is. Genesis all the way, baby. All right. Genesis <laughs> all the way. Are you? Hey, listen. When we get your draft up here, are you going to call us back? Yeah, I can. All right, perfect. Give us a call back. We want to talk to you uh, as soon as your draft is up in about forty-five minutes. Good luck until then, man. I'll talk to you in a little bit. Sounds good. <laughs> Rookies going fast. Uh, rookies are going. I can't wait to see that. Rookie fever, Dave. It's something we got to fight for us dynasty players. Let's go to another noted dynasty player right here in the 920, the defending champion of the Revelation oh, draft. Before he started slurring. Yeah, two packer, Ron Meyer. Welcome into the show, man. Hey, what's up, boys? How are you doing? I, I, I feel like you, you lubed up pretty good with uh, some alcohol prior to the draft. <laughs> are, are you feeling good here as you enter round four? Oh, that's what round we're in? I'm, I'm sitting here studying up on who we're going to pick in the Derby tomorrow. 
Yeah, well, that's the other thing. Is Tupacker will be joining us at the OTB in beautiful uh, Green Bay, well, Oneida, I guess. The only thing I'm picking tomorrow is Sony Michelle at the 103. Yeah, this is another thing, too, because the, uh, Dave, Dave may be taking Sony Michelle at the 103 in one of their dynasty leagues. I'll be following that closely. And Ron just happens to have the 104 and has a, an affinity for Sony Michelle. Yes, he does. And yet you were stupid enough to not make trades, but that's okay, Meyer. We'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Rondo, let's talk at the end of round three. No, I I see that, and I want to talk about it. But (laughs) let's start start at the top of your team, Christian McCaffrey. You called your shot before the start of the show. You said you would be taking him, and you did. Why is Christian McCaffrey for you a uh, slam dunk pick at the end of the first round? He catches passes. He's good. He's agile. He's got Norv Turner now. And uh, I think he's just going to springboard in his sophomore season. I don't like really any of those other running backs other than Kamara um, after him. If I wouldn't have got uh, McCaffrey, I probably would have punted there until the 5-6 turn uh, to take a running back. No Jonathan Stewart in Carolina, and Carolina did not use a high pick on a running back this year, so Christian McCaffrey is going to get all he can handle. And like you said, Norv Turner, uh, in that, uh, you know, running that offense, he should feature McCaffrey quite a bit. And Dave, what, what was he last year? Wasn't McCaffrey running back eight last year? Uh, yeah, eight or nine, depending upon if you're season that in 16, you know, if you're doing 16 right. or 17, yeah. you know what you're doing. So, I mean, he, he, he had an awesome season last year as a rookie, uh, only good things in store. And then you uh, go receiver, receiver, receiver with your next three picks here, uh, Ron. Michael Thomas, Allen Robinson, my quote-unquote boy, and then Stephon Diggs. So I don't, you know, it, it's not uh, zero RB, obviously, but you're you're getting on these uh, high-target pass catchers. Is that something that you typically would want to do, regardless of where you're picking in the draft, or was this just a matter of like, okay, where I'm picking, these guys are probably going to fall to me. I'm going to hammer as much of them as I can at the 12 spot. Yeah, I think at the 12 spot, sitting at the end there, your draft is definitely different than sitting at the one or the two hole. Plus, in this league, with being, uh, you know, the first 13 weeks, it's a total points type of thing. So I want to get the guys that got a chance that are going to put up some really huge weeks instead of the uh, lunch pail, 12, 15 points a week. And I think those three guys got a chance at doing it. You didn't have the opportunity to do it because Adam Thielen was scooped up before you, but if you would have had the choice between Thielen and Diggs, would you have taken Thielen or would you have stuck with Diggs? Um, I would have took Diggs. I prefer him over slow white guys. (laughs) Look, Thielen is not that slow. He is slow white, however. (laughs) Meyer, didn't you try to – I mean, I'm – I would have took I would have took Thielen probably middle of round four. I think that's a little bit of a reach um, for Thielen, but that's just me. What what do Did I know? You, uh, in the league last year. Exactly. <laughs> yes, I am, I'm not going to talk smack to the king for sure. Listen, you uh, um, didn't you have Adam Thielen in one of our dynasty leagues, or did you just trade for him or, or trade him away? I can't remember how that worked, but I know there was a trade involving you and Thielen, right? Yeah, and me. Oh, I hit you. Yeah, I um, that? yeah, I got. I want. I want to say it was like the one eleven Thielen next year's sack crazy like that. It was something like that. Yeah, I got. You. I offered it too. I, I, you know, I was happy to have a hill, but I'm still not too happy I gave up that much for him. That was that was like last year when he could have even gotten it for like a late first. I just overpaid. Uh, four tight ends off the board uh, thus far, the big three, and then, of course, Evan Ingram. Uh, Ron, are you looking at uh, Snake and a tight end here coming up in the fifth and sixth, or are you going to still keep stacking those backs and wideouts? 
Oh God, boy! Now the way the <laughs> tight ends are sitting there, I might uh, I might punt this next round on a tight end, but then uh, come back and slam two of them the round after, depending on how things go. Um, or I'm gonna maybe rate till round 12 to 14 and just start dumpster diving for ones and see if I can hit some lightning in a bottle on one. You have the Gerzak strategy of taking those three tight ends, you know, in like the mid rounds and, and hoping to hit on one. That's certainly a viable strategy. We'll, uh, it, you know, that's available to you at, at, at this point. We'll see what happens. Since you are the reigning champion, Ron Meyer, two packer at two packer on Twitter, I'm going to give you the uh, opportunity to say whatever you want about whoever you want here. You, you have 30 seconds and uh, this will be unedited. Hey, un- By the way, thank you for your write-ups every year. Uncensored. Yeah, you can always, but before I put you on the clock here, you can always check out Ron's Revelation recap weekly at the FFPC message boards. Um, I, if I see it on Twitter, I usually retweet it. I know the FFPC Twitter account usually retweets it out. HSFF Bauer does uh, on occasion as well. Great stuff there. And, and Ron, it's also available on GerzakCodPiece.com. GerzakCodPiece.com. It's a separate section. And, uh, you <laughs> not, can, not in the shopping area. Right. And you'll actually be able, you won't have to wait till the season starts. You can actually read the Revelation uh, draft recap, which I assume, since we'll be in the off-track betting room tomorrow, Ron, you're not going <laughs> to write it up then. But it, it, it'll probably be out sometime this week, right? Uh, yeah, that'll be up on Sunday. I already posted in the uh, uh, draft chat room that uh, it'll be up on Sunday. Up on Sunday. Okay, is there anything that you would like to say now that you, you know, the unofficial mascot slash foil of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, is there anything you'd like to say to the listeners? I'd just like to start off by uh, thanking uh, Jameson for sponsoring this year's Revelations League. Uh, We make the ADP. The FFPC is damn lucky um, to have us draft tonight so that they can kick off the football draft tomorrow. So all the lucky listeners uh, tonight and tomorrow morning will be able to know who they should start drafting in the Football Guys Championship. And I'd like to just give out a shout-out to the Revel, or the uh, Genesis group. They're a bunch of donkeys, but they are trying to make a comeback this year. It won't happen, but we do appreciate their efforts. Ron, I appreciate it. A lot of great stuff. All there. right. Rest up. we got a big day. we got a big day in front of us right. tomorrow. All right. See you in 12. Ron, Ron, Ron Meyer, ladies and gentlemen, two-packer, the Revelations Champ, we will see him in 12 hours on our way up to Green Bay. I'm telling you, this, yeah, rivalry, ri- this rivalry, Genesis and Revelation, it's, yes, coming back. it's healthy. It's, uh, it's great, and uh, I can't wait to uh, follow it as the season goes on and as the years go on. Let's uh, go back to the draft, Dave. Uh, we talked about the first round of Revelations. Get, get into the second round. We already know Tupac took Michael Thomas at the 201. His real-life teammate, Alvin Kamara, goes at the 202. That's five straight sophomore running backs here. Uh, that is broken by Melvin Gordon uh, going to Vince Staffolino at the 203. Julio Jones falls to the 204 this year to John Terry. Keenan Allen right after that. You have the opportunity, by the way, Keenan Allen going to www.gerzakspodpiece.com. That's the cap. Uh, Julio Jones or Keenan Allen? If you have the opportunity, which one are you taking first in redraft this year? Man, I don't, you know, that's a good, really good question. Yeah, it's it, interesting. That's why I asked it to you. This is co- what we call compelling radio. I might take Keenan Allen, actually. Over Julio Jones? Yeah, Julio just, just bugs me. Are you? you, know, not, you know, Calvin Ridley. I was just going to ask you. emerge as the red zone right, yeah. Because Julio just doesn't catch those stuff. He doesn't catch right. I mean, he Actually, I think he caught a couple late in the seasons. Maybe he was trying to reemerge. But historically, he just doesn't, doesn't get it done. What is Julio Jones, 6'2", 6'3"? 
235. Calvin Ridley, what? 5'11", 190? I think he's Oh, I think he's like six foot one ninety. Clearly, you want very to throw mean, to, very mean guy. Clearly, you want to throw to the lean, skinny guy in the red zone, right? Well, actually, you know, uh, Matt Waldman, I think, was comparing. I think it was Matt Waldman was comparing Ridley to like a Roddy White in that same uh-huh. type of offense. And they, you know, he spoke about how Roddy White was very productive as well. Even when Tony Gonzalez was there, Roddy right. White was productive. So, um, if only we can get Austin Hooper going. <laughs> don't don't think I'm that's not gonna, gonna, not gonna hold my breath. You know, I'm, I'm coming around a little bit on Ridley actually in dynasty. Not that that's what we're here to talk about, but uh, you know, I. I I think that maybe whether it's year one, year two, year three, but you know some prominent people like Ridley, so okay. there's a reason for it. Year three, he might be retired. Given his age. <laughs> uh, Mike Ooh, Evans. Yeah. Mike, yeah. Mike Evans goes uh, to Biplab Mandel at the uh, 206, then followed by Devontae Adams to Larry Jilton. So he starts off receiver, receiver. And then three straight tight ends, Dave, uh, go Travis Kelsey to uh, Codpiece. I always miss, miss. Kern Reeve. Okay, Kern Reeve, Codpiece be with you. Uh, Travis Kelsey, Rob Gronkowski to Kobe's crew, that's Kevin Basker, and then Zach Ertz to four Packer. Is that the order that you would have your tight ends this year, Kelsey, Gronk, Ertz? I think that's how I would have them right now. Well, now that I know that Gronk's playing, I put Gronk out of Kelsey. I mean, I like Kelsey and everything. I have him in a bunch of dynasty leagues, but I still have Gronk out of them. FFPC players still taking Kelsey ahead of Gronk. I think I'm with them on that. Um, so I'm officially not. You I'm, are officially I'm back not. on the Gronk. Uh, Dallas Goddard gets drafted by Philly. Are you bumping Zach Ertz down a, a little bit, knowing that Goddard is looming on that offense? Um, you know, I don't really, I've never really drafted Zach Ertz that much, so I don't really have a great experience in enjoying his production. I know it's been good. Yeah. I, a little bit, maybe. I, I like Goddard a lot, actually. He's got huge hands, fantastic, you know, catch radius. He can catch the ball really well. They say he's like the Larry Fitzgerald of tight end. Really? So it's really, yeah, it really sucks that he went to Philadelphia yeah. from a dynasty perspective. So he's got to take maybe a little bit of something. But uh, I think Ertz will still produce. I mean, he's a veteran. You know, he's still a rookie tight end, you know. Kevin O'Connor takes LaShawn McCoy, and uh, Devontae Freeman goes to Peter St. Pierre to round out. I'm a little, uh, I'm a little nervous about Devontae Freeman. He's still not fully recovered from that injury. I am, too. Uh, and, you know, another guy I'm, I'm even more nervous for, not necessarily because of injury, but that offense, LaShawn McCoy, dude, this year you have – maybe Josh Allen running things at some point. Their whole line is like gone from bad to worse. Right? They've lost, they lost a player to retirement. They lost some to free agency. I think they traded one of them too, if I remember correctly. Um, Zay Jones looks like a mess. Uh, we don't, we, we don't know what, I mean, Kelvin Benjamin looks like a mess. That offense is in shambles, man. Yeah. It's, 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 at some it's, point, it's Shady's back is going to break from carrying this it's, offense. It's rough. But I mean, again, Shady's like the only playmaker on the team. So, I, you know, he's going to get his points. Okay, well, wouldn't it be, be easy to scheme against that then? Let everybody else beat you? Because I don't think they can. I, I hear you. Yeah. Shady puts up a lot of points. He does put up a lot of points, and that's why he's still a second-round pick. That's why he's, I mean, he's a superstar. He really is. He's a fantastic player. It's too bad. He's, you know, his career would be nice if it would have been on a team where he won a couple of Super Bowls. Nine running backs in the first round, only four in the second. But that's still 13 running backs off the board, Dave, and only two teams failed to draft a running back in the first two rounds. Is this going to be sort of the norm? Uh, that, that you, you know, as you look into your Gerzak codpiece crystal ball, is this something that we're going to see uh, this season with everybody trying to get, uh, you know, at least one running back in the first two rounds? Yeah, running backs, because the first round is dominated by running backs, you get eight or nine going, there's only three or four other teams that have to grab one, so it's, it's not that hard to really end up that way. 
Uh, Shane Hallam says he doesn't think Dallas Goddard hurts Zach Ertz in redraft. I appreciate Shane's a smart guy. Yeah, he is. At Shane P. Hallam on Twitter. Uh, AJ Green. <laughs> you know why he's smart? He uses the middle initial. He uses the middle initial. He's said that smarter. several times. We can't talk about Shane Hallam on this show without Shane you bringing Peele. up the middle initial. I use David A. Gerzak now. Maybe it's inspired by Shane. I'm not sure. Well, AJ Green is the first pick of the <laughs> third round. That's different. By Tyreek Hill. I understand. It was a joke and a poor segue. <laughs> Tyreek Hill to Kevin O'Connor at the 302. Why the hell can't Tyreek Hill get any love? This is a guy that was going right around there last year, it seemed like, and now he ha- and then he has the big blow-up season, and he's still going in the same spot. He is the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10th receiver off the board. Does that feel right to you? I don't know if it feels right to me. Yeah, it really doesn't. I mean, with, with the tight end premium, you get the tight ends pushed up, and then Hill has a little bit more uncertainty. Yes, Patrick Mahomes is a first-year starter. Sammy Watkins there now. Sammy Watkins come on board, so there's a little concern about how many miles to feed, and uh, I don't know. I, I I I don't think it's a terrible spot for. I think it's kind of all right. I think you but you penalize him just a tad. But well, Kevin O'Connor already had two running backs on his team, so he probably wasn't going to running back again there. He gets that one receiver there, uh, so maybe that was a, you know more of a, uh, a team need pick at that at point. But spoiler alert, he went heavy running backs after that. We'll get to that in a second. But following the coach, I mean, just start going going back to Tyreek Hill. Following yeah. the coaching though, I mean, they love Mahomes. I mean, they think he's fantastic. He's got a rocket arm, so it really fits with Hill, Hill and his, uh, his game a lot. Uh, let's go to the 303 pick, um, the anti-free world, I guess is what it would be. Mark Ingram, the 303 to 4 Packer, followed by Joe Mixon to Kevin Bassaker. What do you make of the Mixon pick, Dave? Because he kind of underwhelmed after we expected big things his rookie year. You, I didn't expect anyway. You didn't expect big things from him last year? I didn't, I didn't like Mixon. Okay. Do you like him this year? No. Say at the 304, you don't like him again. I don't know. I mean, he Is averaged, it because of the Cincinnati He averaged 3.8 yards per carry last year. All these people think he's going to break out and be awesome, and maybe he will. Okay. But, he, I mean, he hasn't really done anything in the NFL. Right. So, I don't I mean, if you don't, you know, if you're supposed to be such a great player, why aren't you making great plays? So, we'll see what happens. Do you uh, – The offensive line is supposedly improved, so we'll see. Do you see a uh, high probability of him just repeating his numbers from last year then? I mean, they have to go up it to some extent. Okay. I mean, he didn't get he didn't get enough playing time really. And they got rid of Jeremy Hill, so there's. I feel like he was like a fourth round pick last year, so maybe this would make sense if he was a fourth rounder. People expecting a, a jump, he'd go in the early I, third. He will do better, yeah. I'm sure. Okay. Uh, Adam Thielen, we already talked about him. He goes to uh, Kern Reeve at the uh, 305. Jarek McKinnon, oh, oh, all the way up to the mid third round. That's Rednecks taking him as their number one running back there, Dave. It feels really weird to talk about Jarek McKinnon as a third-round pick, given he's been in the league for so many years now. But, hey, welcome to the big time, Jarek McKinnon. You are slotted for a big-time uh, 2018 season with Kyle Shanahan, with Jimmy Garoppolo as the lead running back there. And Dave didn't use a, a terribly high pick on a running back in the draft. Joe Williams might not make the team. This is the J-Mac show faux show. It is. He's a three-down back for the 49ers and an up-and-coming team, so I think that's a nice pick. Nice pick in the mid-third, followed by Doug Baldwin, a guy I like this year because I am not a huge believer in uh, that Seattle offense. Uh, I am not uh, sure. You know, you have uh, who's the uh, Schottenheimer is running the offense there. I don't know if they made enough improvements to make that team um, a viable, um, hey, let's run the ball and play defense like they have been the last few years. Doug Baldwin could have a ton of targets this year. I think Tyler Lockett might be a little bit of a sleeper, but Baldwin, I think, is going to get a ton of targets. Russell Wilson's going to be running for his life. He's going to be looking for Doug Baldwin downfield on those broken plays. 
Yeah, I agree with you on Baldwin for sure. Mari Cooper, one of my boys, slipping all the way, slipping, falling. He can't get up. He's at the 308 tonight going yep. to GerzaxCodpiece.com. Amari Cooper, I know you're not a huge fan of him, but man, the 308 with all the targets you should get? You know what's funny about Amari Cooper? Okay. What is he ranked in Dynasty? What's his Dynasty overall ranking right now? Uh, wide receiver 9? Like overall. I mean, everybody. Oh, overall. Like 15, 17? Sure. So the guy who's 15 or 17 goes 30th in a redraft. He, he's so great. He's such a great Dynasty player, yet he goes at pick 30. Yeah. Something's wrong. Okay. He should be ranked lower in Dynasty. Ranked higher in redraft. I'm, going I'm not to say sure that. which it is. I have an opinion no, about I, which it I is. I think you have an opinion. I think you're saying he, he is going too high in Dynasty. I think so. I mean, why are you ranking him so high in Dynasty and you're taking him with pick, you know, 308? Derek Carr, Mr. You know, eyebrows, eyelashes, whatever. Eyelashes, not the brows. <laughs> he put something in there too, probably. Yeah, maybe. He's back and he's healthy. Cooper was supposedly not healthy last year. That was his claim. I don't know, man. Shane P. Hallam. No one knows where the hell to pick Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> totally true. I know where to pick him anywhere I'm not, I mean, it's not a bad spot for him right there. Yeah. I mean, it seems like, it, I mean, given his dynasty ranking, why not take him there? I mean, geez. You know, on the flip side, I will say this. Cooper had one – I know he was hurt and he played some pretty significant injuries last year, but he had one good game last okay. year. What? Go ahead. What? What, what's it, what was the significant injury? The lower leg, the knee, and the ankle that he had. Really? Yes. Derek Carr said, like, most guys would not have was played. Was he questionable? Uh, I don't know. Ever Pro- probably. He might have been. I have no idea. All I know is this is what his teammate the said. The team should be getting fined millions of dollars. Maybe they should. Maybe John Gruden should be paying for those fines, given how much money that the Raiders are paying him. <laughs> Amari Cooper. Uh, okay, so I'll, I said that, and yeah. I'll say this. I think Jordy Nelson's done, but the fact that they brought him on, he's there, and they just traded for Martavis Bryant as well. So, I mean, there, there will be, you know, battles for touches there. I just, you know, John Gruden's already said that the offense is going to run through Cooper. I tend to believe him on that. T.Y. Hilton goes right after that to uh, Darth Vader, Cod Peace. Evan Ingram, the fourth tight end, off the board to Vincent Staffolino. That feels like a steal. That's, doesn't it? I don't know. I mean, not sure what to think about Ingram this year. Fantastic rookie season. Marshall's gone. ODB is back. Okay, bad. well, Marshall was mostly gone last year. Oh, whatever. Odell Beckham missed basically but, the whole season. But Ingram is now a second, you know, a second year player. He's expected to become a better player, advance, you know, work on route running. You have Saquon Barkley there, too. Yeah, I get it. I don't know. I, I just. For a tight end premium league, 310, Evan Ingram, I'll take him. Okay. Jordan, he's, he's still above side from what he did last year. Last year was great. I get it. I just feel like the, the talent that, that is going to be in that offense this year projected if these guys stay healthy with Barkley and Beckham, I, I just. And Sterling Shepard, by the way, missed some time last year, too. There's a couple of games where Evan Engram is really, like, the only guy left. Oh, that they right. could throw. No, seriously. They, they, the guys were being signed up to other teams' practice squads and coming in. And, like, that's who Eli Manning uh, was throwing to. It was ridiculous. Yeah, so I don't know. Color me skeptical on Evan Engram. Do you want to put something on the board here? Tried on five last year. Sure. Watch. Yeah, I know he had a buff. I'm not arguing that he wasn't awesome. All right, so what are we, uh, what are we putting on? I, I don't know. I'm, just, I'm kind of gauging how good <laughs> you think. You think Evan Engram was a good pick at the 310. Now, how do we quantify that? And do it? I got five on it. I'm not sure. I don't know either. Right. I guess we'll have to come back we'll, to we'll it. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I really want to do this because I feel like it's a win for me. Uh, Jordan Howard at the 311. Allen Robinson completing uh, right. the well, third round. Let me interrupt you. Sorry about that. Go ahead. Uh, he scored 205.6. FFPC fantasy points last year through week 16. 
I will wager five dollars that he exceeds that total. That's a pretty nice bet for you, probably. Yeah, I agree. It is. So right, he has to exceed it. how much? Two hundred and five point six fantasy points. That's FF. Are you sure that's FFPC? Score? Yeah, it's in the it's in the dynasty league that Meyer and I are in tomorrow. That's FFPC tight end premium. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I got five on Evan Ingram scoring fewer than 205.6 points in weeks 1 to 16 in 2018. And I will have five on more of that. I got five Or would it be greater than? What's the better way to say it? Greater than? Greater than, I think. I think it's greater than. <laughs> so, all right. Good job, Eric. Starting off the season on a win. Congratulations. Which, by the way, you don't know this, but uh, we have our season finale next week. We'll be totaling up the board. And uh, it was a doozy. It's going to be an interesting show. Before we get to that, let's get to the fourth round of revelations here. Stefan Diggs leads things off with two packer, followed by the timeless Larry Fitzgerald to Dude Platinum. That's Brian Holgen at 402. Golden Tate is off the board at the 403 pick, and then uh, Darth Vader Codpiece takes Greg Olson, uh, fifth tight end off the board here, and he goes in the fourth round. Jarvis Landry, you and I are a little bit. Um, down on Jarvis Landry now that he's on the Browns with all those other, you know, Josh Gordon and David Njoku, Duke Johnson, uh, all there. Plus the great Corey Coleman. But, yeah, well, Corey Coleman, whatever. <laughs> but uh, Jarvis Landry in the fourth round might actually be an all right value, given a guy that he's probably going to catch 80-plus passes, probably going to get like 900-plus yards, a handful of touchdowns. That's not a bad way to spend a fourth-round pick. No, it's pretty safe, high floor. Jarvis Landry, I'm just curious where he's normally going in uh, – in FFPC drafts right now, I'm going to check my... Well, while you're checking, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, after the end of the fourth round, I have a point about something I want to make. Jarvis Landry actually going at the 508. Oh, there you go. So, well, if these leagues, if Revelations is setting the ADP, <laughs> you're going to see Jarvis Landry's value spike here. Uh, did you, I'm sorry, did you have a point that you wanted to make? I'll make it at the end of the fourth. Derek Henry, right after the Jarvis Landry pick, Derek Henry... Uh, going to uh, Biplab Mandel, and then you have Jimmy Graham, the sixth tight end off the board. Alshon Jeffrey right after that at the uh, at the 408. 409 pick is Demarius Thomas, is the first receiver drafted by Kobe's crew. Kenyon Drake all the way up to the 410, followed by Jay Ajayi uh, to Kevin O'Connor at <laughs> the, the 411. Yeah, and then uh, Julian Edelman completing things at 412. What do you make of Julian Edelman this year? Coming off that ACL, he didn't play at all last year. He's got an aging Tom Brady throwing to him. He himself is aging. Gronk is back. Um, they, they will have Sony Michelle, James White, those pass-catching running backs. What do you make of Julian Edelman at the 4-12? Uh, you know, there's a lot of risk. There's a lot of risk with Edelman. I don't know. If that don't you think he gets a ton of targets this year? Yes, assuming that he's healthy and he's back and everything. But, I mean, it, it was an ACL. I mean, it wasn't like a – Yeah, that's a big deal. Well, I mean, it, it's the, just the, an ACL. The medical science be – you know, behind it's not like he. Well, but his entire game is yeah, predicated on recon drill and quickness. Point. You know, it's it's a speed speed game. He's got. I mean, How old is he right now? Is he like 29, 30 years old? He's older than that. Got to be thirty one. Really? Oh, okay. I mean, look, I'll look while we were looking. Well, you looked at uh, Julian. Edelman. Julian Edelman is the uh, second receiver uh, drafted by uh, Peter St. Pierre, and He's that thirty one turns turns thirty two on May twenty second. Okay, so he will be thirty two shortly. Here, uh, he'll be thirty two before he hits week one of the NFL season. I'm just counting up here briefly how many receivers we have off the board. While you're doing that, I'm noticing how many rookie running backs in what is known, again, going back to Matt Waldman, as the best running back class he has ever scouted, the best rookie running back class he's ever scouted. We still, after 48 picks, have only one rookie running back off the board. I think that's really interesting because there's a ton of rookie running back value that I think that the people that are playing dynasty leagues 
are going to scoop up because yeah. these guys are well aware of where these rookies are going yeah. in dynasty drafts. They know where these guys are, where, where they're going to, if they're going to playing time or not. I think there's a lot of value coming up. We always talk about battling rookie fever at this time of the year, and it's kind of twofold. You don't want to overpay for rookie dynasty picks, and you don't want to move rookies up your redraft board unfairly. And, and we've talked with a lot of dynasty high stake players. Sometimes it's difficult to get out of that mode. These guys having no problem getting out of that <laughs> mode tonight. Saquon Barkley, the only rookie off the board. Uh, Dave, in the first four rounds, 22 receivers, 20 running backs, and six tight ends. Does that seem about right to you, that running backs and receivers would be that evenly split? Uh, I would expect a few more backs, a few less receivers. Really? Okay. A few more. Uh, if it was best ball, it would be a lot more running backs yeah. because it's best ball. Yeah. Uh, okay. So that is the fourth round, and let's get to the fifth round. The, hey. zero, the zero, you know, RB theory is, uh, is gone away. And apparently it's faded. It uh, we talked about a lack of rookies. Well, get used to the rookies here in this round. We have the 501, Calvin Ridley, goes to the Doughboys. Uh, Rashad Penny, the fourth running back drafted by Kevin O'Connor. And if you are a great not used to this format, you can start four running backs in the FFPC uh, scoring. So Penny goes at the, uh, at the 502 here. Dave, his ADP right now in, uh, in are FFPC. Are you using a dated ADP? What? Are you using a dated ADP? Uh, it's since the NFL draft. Okay. So right. not, not too dated. That's pretty good. 406. You yeah. talk, I mean, so there's, there's, nice there's, yeah, nice value. Talk about why you like that pick at the 502. Well, just recently, the coaching staff with Seattle was like, we consider Penny a three-down back. He was the second running back drafted. He, Grant, he was not in the best conference, you know, he played against not the best competition. The average, I think, 7.9 yards per carry, that's ridiculous. It's, the statistics are unbelievable. Uh, a three-down back, he's actually pretty piss-poor at pass protection. <laughs> Which is funny that they consider him a three-down back, so he's going to have to work on that in training. Does camp. that matter, though, when, when a team comes out and says that we view him as a third-down back? Does it matter yeah. that his pass pro is bad? Especially when you consider, yeah. yeah, especially when you consider, by the way, um, and not to interrupt you because I'll let no, you make fine. your point. You have a hyper-mobile quarterback in Russell Wilson there. It's not like he's protecting Tom Brady or Ben Roethlisberger, somebody who's not very mobile, right. Okay. And so when you have the coaching staff already saying that maybe he could just get better out of the field and he's going to be out there all three downs. Yeah, a lot of times I think that the whole thing about pass protection is a little bit overstated as if these guys can't, as if they're not doing practice, as if they don't learn things in minicamp. How hard is it? To get in somebody's way. Yeah, to get in their way, you know, learn how to do the punch or, you know, get underneath them, get your pads lower than their pads. Good gracious, it's not that hard. Right. So I think he'll be fine. Maybe he'll come out on some third downs if they're really concerned about something. But your point actually about Russell Wilson is good. Uh, sometimes it's not bad if you like I buy with Russell Wilson. He'll right. get 20 yards on a run. Yep, exactly. Uh, Shane Hallam, Shane P. Hallam, nice spot for Penny. He will be Marshawn Lynch for the Seahawks. Boy, that'd be good uh, if he is. Without uh, the attitude. That was Darius Tyson's job. <laughs> we'll get to that in a little bit. Before we get to that, we're going to get back to the fifth round of Revelation. I want to go back to the phone lines here, and we'll hit up the 231. Caller, you are on the air on the HSFF Hour. I am Balky. He is Dave. Who are you? How you doing, boys? It's uh, Brian, Dude Platinum. Brian Holgen, Dude Platinum, drinking, oh, drinking a craft beer while you're drafting, I'm, I'm imagining. <laughs> I figured I'd call before I had another one, so. <laughs> <laughs> hey, a lot better than Ron Meyer, by the way. Hey, Brian, is your son helping you draft uh, tonight? Because he had a lot of success last year. No, no, sir. No, no, just me flying solo today. 
So you flying solo. We talked about how we both liked your Beckham pick there. Uh, then you followed up with Kamara and Jordan Howard at the end of the third round. Jordan Howard getting Matt Nagy now as uh, as the guy who is going to be running things uh, in Chicago. What do you make of Jordan? I mean, this, this could, that could be a really good pick for you at the end of the third round with a guy who is a young, fresh offensive mind that's going to put the ball in Howard's hands in a position where he can uh, really succeed and put up a lot of points. Yeah, I'm not a huge Howard guy, but at the end of the third round, I just couldn't, I couldn't not take him there. Um, there was a few wide receivers that I still liked. Uh, unfortunately, two Packer took a couple of them, but uh, I thought he was kind of the last uh, running back that I had at that tier, so I had to had to pop on him there. How much when you're drafting in the 11 spot are you playing a little offense with what the 12 spot is doing, and and you know trying to take advantage of, okay, well, he needs this, so I'm going to grab this position here, and hopefully one of these guys makes it back to me. How much does that figure into your draft day decisions when you're drafting from that spot? Drafting 11th spot is terrifying. Uh, The only benefit is that I can play off two-packer a little bit. Uh, To be honest, he did surprise me by taking uh, McCaffrey there in the first round. I I was hoping he was going to be there in the second for me, but... Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely helps uh, being on the turn there. I can see kind of what he needs and what what, uh, what I can I think I can let him take. He did surprise me with Allen Robinson and Stephon Diggs back-to-back there. I thought for sure he might have went t- uh, tight end running back. But, um, you know, like I said, I still had a few wide receivers I could take. So You got uh, almost a full round of value with Kyle Rudolph uh, at the end of the fifth, so nice job there. Um, uh, let's talk about your Lamar Miller pick in the sixth round because there's – a scuttlebutt, even though Deontay Foreman is coming off that torn Achilles, a lot of people saying that he might actually take over that Houston job uh, this year. But obviously, you don't, at least you don't see that happening right away. You think uh, Lamar Miller is going to get the job done as your number three running back? L- Lamar Miller was a reach for sure. I should have went Marvin Jones. That's who I was thinking about taking. I thought there was a chance Lamar Miller might come back to me. Uh, without giving too much strategy away, that's probably the last running back I'm going to take for a while. Uh, I thought Lamar Miller did really well with uh, Deshaun Watson as the quarterback. I'm hoping Deshaun comes back and he's ready to go at the start of the season. And um, I think uh, Lamar Miller is going to be – he's going to return good value in the sixth. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if if he might move up into the fourth, fifth by the time, you know, the season comes around. So I'm happy to get him as my my running back three in the sixth round and I can shut it down and start focusing on uh, um, wide receivers, tight ends, that type of thing. San Francisco uh, was on a tear at the end of last season, and that tear coincided with Jimmy Garoppolo really looking fantastic at the quarterback position. Now, his main guy that he was throwing to is Marquise Goodwin, but that, a lot of that was because uh, Pierre Garçon had already been shelved on IR. He is healthy. He comes back this year. You already have the rapport between Garoppolo and Goodwin, but Pierre Garçon is stepping into a pretty good situation here, and he is your number three receiver that you're getting at the end of the seventh round. Certainly there's a lot worse ways you can spend a a late seventh round pick, so I really like the Garçon pick. How do you see the target shaking out between him and Goodwin this year? I like Garçon a lot. I don't often take guys that broke their neck the year before, um, but uh, um, I think he's going (laughs) to get a lot of targets. you know, I thought about coupling him with um, Garoppolo in the eighth, but I just couldn't pull the trigger there. I went with Cam just because, you know, he gets the rushing yards, the rushing touchdowns. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I do like Garcon again. I was taking him last year uh, a little bit higher uh, than where I just got him now. Uh, I guess, you know, you get a little value when, when a guy, uh, like I said, breaks his neck. But, um, but yeah, I'm hoping he'll return uh, good value as a wide receiver three for me. 
Well, Brian, I can tell you the defending Revelations champ, two-packer, is up in arms. He wanted both Pierre Garçon and Kyle Rudolph. You get both of them. I suppose that's a good thing when you're taking the champ's picks. <laughs> yeah, I'll take your word for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, listen, man, I, I appreciate you calling in tonight. Uh, any any final um, strategy that you can share with us that you're going to be applying for the second half of this draft? I'm going to take a kicker really early. Perfect. <laughs> yes. it, listen, you, you do not get analysis like this anywhere else than a high-stakes fantasy football art. Brian, uh, listen, thanks for calling in tonight. Good luck this season, and we will see you out in Vegas at Planet Hollywood this September. Sounds good, fellas. Thanks. Thanks a lot, man. Dude, yep. Platinum, that's Brian Holgen, and uh, you can follow him on Twitter, at Draft Addict. He posts a lot of good stuff there. Uh, he's in a lot of best balls. Um, I don't know why I didn't know Draft Addict is his uh, Twitter. I you didn't know that? No. You know, we've had him on the show before, Dave. I know we had him on the show. I mean, I don't, you know. And I, you know I, you're I, Mr. He's a, he's you're Mr. Good, Twitter. He's a good tweeter. Yeah, he is. He's excellent at it. Most of my tweets are about Trump, you know. Let's get back to the fifth round and <laughs> scuttle right past that. We talked about the Rashad Penny pick at the 502. The 503, Josh Gordon to uh, two-packer. Excuse me, two-packer. To four-packer, that's Todd Hunter. <laughs> when you go heavy running back like that, three running backs and a tight end, your first four picks, Josh Gordon is your number one. Would you be okay with that? Is that a, I mean, because certainly you're not going to get a stud there. But when you have guys like Elliot Ertz, Ingram, Drake in front of them, high-volume, high-touch guys, Gordon's not the worst way to have uh, your receiver core begin in the fifth. Yeah, I think it's worth the risk. I mean, Gordon could end up being anywhere from WR1 to WR100. Anything is possible with Josh Gordon. Seems like he's okay. We're, we're a decent way through the offseason. There has been no arrests. Did I, did, did I tell you about the wager I have with my uh, no, with me. my co-host at the uh, Appleton Trophy Fantasy Football Show? No, tell me. Uh, he owes me a steak dinner if Gordon makes it through the season without being suspended due to drug use. Oh, just yeah. Drug so use? If, if he gets suspended for like a you know some sort of like uh, you know a speeding citation or something like that, I'm okay. But any sort of substance like drugs, alcohol is included in that. That's uh, funny. Then I owe him a steak dinner. You know what's funny is. This, they, they, they've done this actually, and so that, that where, they, where they, if you give a specific reason, let's say you ask 100 people, Josh Gordon, what do you think the odds are Josh Gordon will get suspended? Yeah. And then they'll say X percent. And then you say, what do you think the odds are Josh Gordon will get suspended due to drug use? And they will give a higher percentage of the more specific reason, even though. You're, there's a whole it's, other reason. It's, about, not, it's, it's not mathematically possible. It's a, yeah. It should be either the same or lower. Right, exactly. Yeah, it, yeah it's, it's a huge mistake when people do that, but people do it all the time. I was told there would be no math. <laughs> you talk about Josh Gordon being drafted all over the place. 411 is the earliest he's gone since the NFL draft. The latest he's gone is a 609. His uh, average ADP is the 512. By the way, People were asking, hey, Balky, where are you getting this ADP? I thought Revelation sets the ADP. Well, they do, but they're currently setting it. I'm using the great uh, ADP over at FantasyMojo.com. You can get uh, you know, post-NFL draft, post-free agency uh, uh, ADP. You can see where guys have been moving if you want to compare. FantasyMojo.com has a lot of great stuff. Darren Armani, the uh, webmaster there, he's the guy who cuts on pros versus Joes. Darren is the best. And if you're into this live draft coverage, we will be doing it again with pros versus Joes. That is coming up. Uh, roughly in about two and a half months, right around there, we'll get those drafts going. Uh, let's get the uh, fifth round back to it here after the Josh Gordon pick. Hunter Henry, Dave, I'm really liking him now that I know the Chargers will not be re-signing Antonio Gates. 
He goes at the 504 here, yeah, and, and his ADP is, is normally at the 406. 504, wow. by the way, is the latest he has gone in any FFPC draft thus far, uh, post-NFL post draft, obviously. Love it there. And honestly, you know, Kobe's crew, that's Kevin Basker. He already had Gronk, but, man, I'd be all over Hunter Henry at that spot, even already having the tight end. Yeah, I love it. I love Hunter Henry's great. Brandon Cooks, your quasi-boy, goes at the uh, 504. <laughs> Uh, to Kern Reed. That's a tad early, I think, for ADP. A guy who was his teammate in New England last year who also moved on, the newest Tennessee Titan running back. Deion Lewis at the 506 is the number two running back to Larry Jilton's Rednecks. Uh, your favorite NFL player of all time, Darius Geis, <laughs> goes to Bip Lab Mandel. That's the, a solid pick. The, rain ba- the rainmaker at the 507. Um, well, you know, I don't want to – think For redraft got, purposes, it's great. For redraft. I know you have a lot to say about Darius Geis. Um, th- this He's was, fine. This was super late for him. His ADP is 309. Again, this is was, it really? Yeah, this is this is post NFL draft. Wow. Now, this that's granted. This this is best majority. This is best ball data that I'm using. So the running backs do get pushed but up there. But it's not there. dynasty. But you're, no, it's not dynasty. Not and not you're talking about two full rounds. That's so that crazy. is significant. I told you that the rookie. That's that's a really that's a great pick. Even if the, the coaching staff said he's only getting first and second down work. Darius Geis will do just fine with just first and second down work. He'll still be a top 20 back. You brought up the point about Jay Gruden's uh, offense, though, and what these running backs usually average per game. And it's not like they're not blowing the roof off. It's not been great. Right. Mm-hmm. Darius Geis is one of the more talented running backs, though, that, that he will have had. He, he, I think Geis at this point is definitely worth the risk, and I'm not the biggest fan. Um, I just think that, I think that I'm a big believer in – the NFL, I know the NFL front offices get a lot of things wrong, but I think if, if 32 teams pass on a player twice, that there's something to be said about that. And I think you have to at least evaluate that and say, all right, am I, why, am, why is everyone taking this guy still number two right. overall in dynasty rookie drafts? I think that's so too early. When you have six other backs going before him, there's a reason for that. So do you want to publicly state in case uh, sport, sports betting man Lance Turvis is listening that you would not take Darius Geist at the 102? I would not take him at the 102, and I'm not taking him at the 103. I already made a trade with him, and even though my team name is uh, Darius Geis, number one fan. Have you made a decision on that? I don't think you have, have you? You've made a temporary decision. You know, there's him. a running back that's coming up that just got taken that I'm interested in. All right, perfect. We we'll want to get into uh, more of that later on. Let's finish off this fifth round. My guy, Corey Davis, goes to GerzakCodPiece.com here at the 508. I love that. Juju Smith-Schuster to uh, John Terry at the 509, followed by a pair of tight ends, Delaney Walker to Vince Staffelino. Uh, Kyle Rudolph goes to Brian Holgen, and then Sony Michelle to two Packer. Two Packer's a big fan of Sony Michelle in Dynasty, and apparently he is in redraft as well as he That's takes a great the number two running back there. Great pick in redraft. Sony Michelle? Yeah, he's taking the Deion Lewis role. The, the uh, Patriots scored 512 points at the running back position last year. If Sony Michelle gets 40% of that production, that's, a, that's an RB2 right there. Boom. No big deal. No rookie fever in this draft because Sony Michelle, ADP average uh, coming into this, yeah. 503. So now yeah, you're, getting, you're getting him at the 512, another great okay. player there. Can, I, can we bring up Corey Davis and Juju Smith-Schuster? Sure. So Corey Davis has – Okay, hold on. We're talking about the number one wide receiver on a team and the number two receiver on the team. Okay, right. got it. Go ahead. Yes, absolutely. All right. The number one wide receiver on a team had 35 catches for 375 yards and – Zero. I'm not. Zero. You know, hey, did you ever see the big short? Zero. Yeah. Zero. That's how many touchdowns he had. Do you know how None. many? Touch- Although he had two in the playoffs. Do you know how many touchdowns he averaged in the playoffs? If you extrapolated <laughs> that over a 
a course of the NFL season, he would have set the NFL record for most receiving touchdowns. I'm using the larger sample size of the regular season. Yeah, and you know what? Hold on. Had a fantastic rookie season. I have no doubt that Corey Davis is probably going to have the exact same type of injury that cost him the entire offseason last year that prevented him to work out at the combine, prevented him from doing all this extra stuff. That, That's a way, whole other that, red by, flag, the way, by the way. Hold on. That, by the way, Juju Smith-Schuster did have the benefit of doing. Corey Davis, that was taken from him. You know, doing the combine and doing all those workouts, that's how, that's it's not, how, it's not that's even just working know. out. It's just getting prepped for the season. That's how you evaluate players. So everyone thinks Corey Davis is so great. He never even went through the whole process of the combine. He just got to skip it. But at least he, went, you, at least he went to a top school. Like, he went to where you go, to Alabama? Western Michigan. Oh, oh Western Michigan. Oh, the boat. Some shitbag school. That's not He that went to terrible. some crappy school, doesn't go through the combine, gets drafted fifth overall by a terrible franchise. Gets a zero, a zero touchdown, 35 catches. The fact that he went fifth overall. To, by the way, a playoff team last year, a playoff team that, that, that beat Kansas City on the road in Arrowhead, one of the toughest places to play. Don't tell me they're a bad franchise. Yes, Tennessee. So, then, so the coaching staff was rewarded with what? The coaching staff was rewarded with, get the hell out of here. Getting we're, fired. Up, we're upgraded. <laughs> Imagine how good they're going to be this coming year with a better staff. Uh, we've got four minutes to get these clowns and revelations. We've got to move on. I know. We do have to move on. <laughs> uh, I want to move back to the phone lines and go to the uh, 734 before we get into Genesis here in, in our revelations recap. 734, you're on the air with uh, David Balky. Who is this? No one. Paging the 734. Are you still there? That's a fake area code. 734 is a fake area code? I don't know. I'm just kidding. All right. We'll get back to the draft then. Uh, so that completes the uh, fifth round. I don't know. Do we have a chance to, to kind of recap these teams? I don't think we can do it justice. I don't, I don't know if there's enough uh, time. I mean, obviously, the man. best teams are the ones that haven't taken quarterbacks yet, so that's two, three, seven. Can we talk about, I'm just kidding. Can we talk about the uh, no quarterbacks going off the board in the first five rounds? Sure. That was a little surprising. I, I, let me just real quickly. Uh, I thought Ronald Jones, Nick Chubb, those are nice value picks. Ro- uh, Royce Freeman's a nice pick. All these rookies. I mean, dude, boom, boom, boom. Cheap, cheap, cheap. Nice. Talk, talk about Trey Burton in the uh, sure, in Trey the Burton, round. another one for Kobe's crew. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. Loading up a tight end. Matt, Matt Nagy, who says that Burton is Kelsey, and he pays him like Kelsey. Well, he didn't almost. say he is Kelsey. He'll be playing the Kelsey role. Yeah. The only thing Burton doesn't have is production in the past, but he's paying him that. Paying him big money. Uh, yeah, Nick Chubb going to Bip Lab Mandel. Uh, you talked about that. Uh, Darius Geis and then uh, Lab- was his pick in the fifth. So he goes back-to-back rookie running back. And BIP is really smart. He takes Carlos Hyde two runs later, so he locks up the, the first and second down running game. At least he doesn't have Duke Johnson, but that's fine. Ronald Jones in the sixth round, I think you already said this, that that was a good pick, getting uh, Darth Vader Codpiece, getting his uh, second running back there in the sixth round, and Ronald Jones, a guy who should get a big chunk of that committee work, or maybe just be the man in Tampa. I think he's going to definitely be the man in Tampa, at least first and second downs. He hasn't had a lot of experience catching the ball out of the USC, but uh, Dirk Ketter, whatever, he said that maybe he's not going to be the third down back, and they brought Charles Sims back. But Jones is an explosive back. Charles Sims is not, so we'll see what happens. All right, so here's what I want to do. I want to briefly take you through the, uh, the sixth round here since we just touched on it. I'm not going to tell you who went where. Uh, I'm just going to read off the picks of the sixth round. Here's how it went. Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Miller, Russell Wilson, Ronald Jones, Jack Doyle, Nick Chubb, uh, and then Deshaun Watson, Alex Collins, Trey Burton, who we already mentioned, Sammy Watkins, Devin Funches, Jordan Reed. 
finish off the round. Kerryon Johnson, too, in the seventh was nice. Uh, yeah, and Kerryon Johnson, and Royce Freeman also going in the seventh round. So now we're seeing more of the rookie picks there. Um, I don't want to get too in-depth in the seventh round because what I'm going to do right now, how are you seeing this draft? Are you watching it on YouTube or are you watching it on the FFPC? I'm draft board. Uh, the FFPC? Yeah. Okay. Here's what I want you to do. Stay on that draft board, right. and I want you to take everybody through the seventh round. What I'm going to do right I now can't is – can't do that. Yes, you can. Just <laughs> pick by pick. You have, the, you have the sheet in front of you who, who right. all the teams are. So go through the seventh round pick by pick. Right now I'm going to do the flip, as they call it. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. And uh, switch it to Genesis on the YouTube channel. All right, that's wonderful. We have Doughboys. Peter St. Pierre takes Tom Brady. Uh, by the way, Tom Brady, uh, the news came out that he negotiated with his wife that he's going to get two more seasons in the NFL, which is very nice. So go with Tom Brady, good for him. Manuel Sanders with the 702 to Kevin Joko. Uh, Marvin Jones to four Packer at the 703. The aforementioned Kerryon Johnson at the 704. Probably going to take Abdullah's role and everybody else's role. That Detroit Lions run game was so terrible last year. Cobb Keesty with you is a believer in Carson Wentz coming back in a timely fashion. I hope he uh, picks a good backup. Yeah, I, think, uh, I think Wentz might get back, but the team was not willing to trade Nick Foles, which means something to me that Foles might be starting early in the season. Royce Freeman, a great pick uh, to Rednecks at uh, 706. Freeman went in the third round of the NFL draft, and all he has to do is beat the terrible Devonta Booker. I don't think that will be a problem. The Rainmaker is going to have to make it rain. He should be doing a, a prayer to the Indian gods if he thinks Tyler Eifert's going to stay healthy all season. That's his number one tight end. You know what? It's possible. Like, you know, anything can happen. Tyler Eifert could stay healthy. I mean, anything can really go on. Uh, between those two picks of Nick Chubb in the sixth and Carlos Hyde in the eighth, we have Duke Johnson going to Gerzak's codpiece. Good pick. He's a PPR back. The question uh, from a dynasty perspective is, Duke Johnson going to get re-signed after this year? Uh, my Magic 8 ball says no. I think Nick Chubb is going to be taking it all over. He says my wishful thinking, especially if I take him in the big afternoon league tomorrow at the 103. Anyway, Michael Crabtree goes at the 709. You know, Crabtree's a player, if you try and trade him in Dynasty, no one wants to pay anything for him. Um, but he's probably pretty productive this year. I think that's actually a really good pick. Uh, Tevin Coleman at the uh, 710. We'll see what happens with him and with uh, Devonta Freeman. 711, Pierre Garcon to Dude Platinum. And Cooper Cup. That's another great pick from two Packer. Although, uh, if you ask uh, one of my good buddies, Rich Stone, he thinks that Cooper Cup is overrated. Thinks he's maxed out you know, athletically. He's not going to do anything. We got a fifty-dollar bet on it. Bucky, how's that going? Are we good? I think we. If you switch over to YouTube right now, which <laughs> I am doing, yep, you're going to see the Genesis board on there right now. Uh, so thank you to all the uh, Revelations uh, players uh, for, for their continued um, drafting uh, prowess tonight. Gave us a lot to talk about. And now on to the Genesis draft. And uh, congratulations to all the Genesis players who uh, made Twitter so enjoyable over the last couple of weeks with all these smack talking with the Revelations players. You guys brought it, and here's your reward. We're going to go through your draft right now. Now, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you who's drafting where. Uh, for Genesis, Greg McClain is teabag for two, picking at the one spot. Jake Belike, Spree at last is his, uh, his, his team at uh, picking out of the two spot. And I apologize if I butcher your names. I'm very sorry. Dustin Hadjik, <laughs> the Stone Cold Beast, picking at the 103. Clint Ostermiller's Rocky Mountain Metalytics is the 104, or excuse me, the fourth uh, team tonight. Todd Aaron, guy we've had on the show before, mad genius of uh, foot. Uh, 
fantasy football is at the, the five spot. Lob four, that's Stuart Keen, and he's picking out of the six hole. Saquon this, that's Andy Lund, and he is out of the uh, seven hole. Kevin O'Connor, who was uh, drafting in the Revelations draft, also drafting in Genesis, he's in the eight spot here. Brad Kirkland's notorious B1G at the nine. Dip Lab Mandel. Uh, we, who you just uh, tore a new one on his Tyler Eifert pick. He should be using Notorious B.I.G. He should. I totally agree. So cool. Fifth Labs, the Rainmaker at uh, the 10 spot. Robert Marshall's Fantasy Dum Dums at the 11. And, of course, you heard him at the top of the show, John Walter's NFL Style, picking at the 12. The way I want to do this to uh, maximize listener and viewer enjoyment, Dave, is to pick up where we left off in Revelations with Genesis. So I think we'll start off with the uh, seventh round. I know you went through the what? seventh round. Pick up with the seventh round and talk about that. In Genesis? Yeah. Or do you want to start off with talking about the same players again? <laughs> I don't know. How do you, how I, how wouldn't do you, that make more? I think the, that we, we normally pick, guy. How does I think normally we pick it up, you know, wherever we left off. Right, so well, that's kind of like what I would like to do. Okay. You're the host. So here we go. This is your show, Balky. Greg McClain goes with uh, Tevin Coleman at the 701. Tyler Eifert goes in the seventh round here, too. That's Jake Belike's uh, uh, pick at the 702. Tariq Cohen uh, goes at the 703 to Stone Cold Beast. And then Jamison Crowder off the board at the 704. Washington's offense has undergone a bit of a makeover this year. You and I, are we both writing off Jordan Reed? I think I am. That's a good question. I have, you know, I... I haven't really thought about Jordan Reed. <laughs> I know. It doesn't seem like he's part of that offense anymore. I don't really think about him. Yeah. I, I just feel like he's always hurt. Yeah. And, and I so, guess you have to think about him. I'm not terribly excited. Think about what they did. They still have Crowder, obviously. They had Darius Geis to the offense. Uh, they went out and gave Paul Richardson a Brinks truck full of cash to what come What is Jordan Reed? Jordan Reed's like essentially going to be like free, like nine times around? Uh, no. He is not going that late. In fact, I can tell you that Jordan Reed is still being drafted. Not off the board yet here in the 10th round. At the 510 of FFP. Oh, I missed it. Sorry. My bad. <laughs> I guess he didn't, I'm no, not, no, no, no. Not, not, not in this draft. Oh, I guess no. I'm not going He went to 502. He went to 502. I guess I'm not going 510 is AD, ADP. I'm not very excited about Jordan Reed this year. I'll tell you that. Um, but I'll tell you this. Uh, Jake Polite getting Jordan Reed and Tyler Eifert and Eric Ebron for uh, three picks in nine rounds. Probably not the way I would have gone, but, man, if one or two of those guys pan out, that could be very, very good in a tight end premium league. Well, the problem is that you take three guys with various issues, whether it's hands or injuries, and then you have to spend three rounds of draft capital on those three players. He did get Josh Doxson just now, uh, just going off the board in the 10th round. So you would think that with Reed and, and Doxson, there is some fantasy value there in Washington. Well, you don't like it? I, I mean, I'm not, I've never been a Josh Doxson fan. So. Okay, well, my point about this, the whole thing started with Jamison Crowder going to Rocky Mountain Metalytics. And the reason I wanted to bring it up is because Crowder seems like the constant guy that you can count on in this offense. I don't know if I can count on anybody Except else. Except for last year through nine weeks. Crowder okay, is like but, nothing but, but if you look at where he finished, it, it wasn't bad. He really came on when teams he did, needed him. He did, he did come on, yes. Okay, so I like Crowder. Okay. <laughs> I do too. I, I, Seventh I'm, round. I like Crowder. No, 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 no. All right, I'm not doing that. Carlos Hyde goes at the 705, followed by Russell Wilson at the 706. That's the lob for Julian Edelman right after that. that Look at the disparity on Edelman here versus the other draft. Where did he go with the other draft? Like an early fifth? Was it fifth? It was do you still have it open or no? No, I closed it a lot earlier, though. Okay. Uh, Devin Funches uh, goes at the 708. Let's briefly talk about Devin Funches here because the Carolina Panthers used the 24th overall pick of the draft to draft D.J. Moore. They have Greg Olson coming back. I don't know if he signed through next year or just this year. but It's I a two-year deal. Two-year deal, okay. So they have Olson entrenched. You have D.J. Moore, who obviously they expect big things for. 
fantasy owners like Christian Mc, or like Ron Meyer thinks Christian McCaffrey is going to have uh, uh, a big season. How does Devin Funches fit into this offense right now? Well, he's still their WR one. DJ Moore still has to prove himself in the NFL. Right. I love DJ Moore. I think he's going to be fantastic. Highest ever. What was it? Phenom score. Phenom score. For any receiver. That's higher than Fred Bolitnikoff, Don Hudson, Jerry Rice. You know what? It's it's, it's a ha-ha-ha. Calvin Johnson. Let's have some fun with it. Yeah. Let me – I'll give you the names of the players that are right right after that in a second. uh, Oh, DJ Moore? All-time are you talking about for the Phenom score? For the Phenom score, yeah. Yeah. Give me just a minute here. Okay, so my, my, my thing is, is I'm, I'm a little bit worried about Devin Funches maybe from a dynasty perspective, but I think you're right. This year, right. he should be all right. I just worry about Greg Olson. He missed a lot of time last year when Funches flourished, and when he came back, Funches didn't do a lot. So, again, buyer beware. But it's a seventh round. So. Yeah, so this, this is from uh, John Moore. This is from Rotoviz. John, actually, I don't know if he writes for them anymore, but he, got, he came back to write this article again. It's been popular. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what it does is it measures a player's productivity, the market share of the offense that they have, as as, as compared to their age. So the, the the idea is being that the younger that they are and the more productive productive that they are for their age, the better that of a prospect that they are. DJ Moore, the best ever as far as market share for his age. The next names on the list. These are all after DJ Moore. Okay. Allen Robinson. Yep. Demarius Thomas. Yeah. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Okay. Des Bryant. Yep. Kenny Britt. Yeah. And Amari Cooper. Wow. That's it. That's the list. That's everyone. Yeah. I mean, like, that's and amazing. DJ Moore is ahead of all those guys. Yeah. Which is more reason to hate on Devin Funch. <laughs> it kind of is, I guess. But, um, you know, that's dynasty perspective a little bit. But, I mean, it, it's, just a, it's, a, I mean it's just it's a metric. It's something you can look at. I mean, maybe he could be a bust. Kenny Britt hasn't really amounted to a whole heck of a lot. Uh, but that's, uh, that's some pretty rarefied company, actually. Brad Kirkland take care, took Carrion Johnson at the uh, 709. You like that spot for Carrion Johnson and Redraft, right? Yeah, I'm not even a huge fan of him. I mean, he only averaged like 4.9 yards per carry through his entire college career. But it was in the SEC, and he's got a lot of draft capital invested in him, and the Detroit Lions running backs are pathetic. Pierre Garçon to the uh, uh, 7-10, that's Bipled Mandel, and then uh, Aaron Jones and Robert Woods finish off the seventh round. Uh, Robert Woods going to NFL style, that's John Walter, and I will say this. Tupacker just brought this up in the chat. I said I was taking Christian McCaffrey at the 112, and I did it. What happened to Genesis? 112. Christian McCaffrey. What did I tell you? I told you I set the ADP, and sure enough, revelations did. I mean, wait, wait, you've really maybe, got a lot of guts to take him right where he gets taken. Maybe Genesis actually set the ADP on that one. We don't know who got picked, you know, who took McCaffrey first on that. <laughs> uh, Christian McCaffrey, by the way, his ADP is 205, so maybe they are pushing him up tonight. That remains to be seen. The Norv Turner effect. The Norv Turner effect. Sponsored by Clearasil. <laughs> so mean and terrible. Emmanuel Sanders at the 80, 801 to uh, John Walter. Uh, that is, uh, yeah, the 801. Jamal Williams uh, is the 802 pick to Fantasy Dum Dum. So Robert Marshall goes back-to-back Packers running backs there. Dave, you're not paying a premium um, to acquire either of those guys. You're talking about a seventh-round pick and an eighth-round pick. And Mike McCarthy's already gone on record as he wants one guy to win that job. What about spending a seventh and eighth-round pick to lock up that factory. I mean, I guess Ty Montgomery's still there, too. Yeah, but. Not really. Strategically, I think it's a great, great move, actually, by Fantasy Smart Smarts. Fantasy Smart Smarts. I'm just taking a look, at, and you know what? Maybe his plan is to... You know who the real fantasy dum-dums are? Are the Packers okay. by taking two running backs last year. They when, took three. When in, uh, three. When a historic running back class comes out the following year. Yeah. 
They just look one year ahead. They, 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 oh, what's going on this year? Oh, we need a running back. Did you notice also, you know, not, not to talk about the Packers too much, but it seems like everybody's taking these shorter slot-type receivers early on in the draft. Right. You know, like the Christian Kirks. I mean, DJ Moore, I guess, is like six foot one or, or whatever. You know, like Pettis. Pettis is another guy who's like not the big very big. And the Packers, like literally every draft, every they took three receivers this year. I think the shortest guy was like six two and a half. They're all huge, yeah. They're all massive. And this goes in with, I mean, granted, Cobb's not that big. Geronimo Allison, very tall guy. Michael Clark on the roster, six foot six. So you have, and you know, I don't know how big Devontae Adams is. But he's about you know he's, he's like six one six two, but he's about two fifty. He's a good sized guy. He's a little bit more slender. But no, he's not slender. He's thick. Six two two fifteen. Well, I mean, what's St. Brown? That I mean, wasn't he like six three, like two twenty, two twenty five? No. Oh, I'll then forget it. He's six two two sixteen. According to this, by the way, this is terrible because they're usually wrong. Well, then don't bring it up. <laughs> um, but uh, he's, so, a sick, he's a sick guy. So my point is again, flying in the face of what the rest of the NFL seems to be doing. Um, historic running back class this year. We're going to load up on running backs last year. Everybody taking short receivers. We're going to take all the tall ones. Shane, Shane Helm. Then they take three wide receivers in this class. Amazing wide receivers. Right, class exactly. And that's what I've heard too. Same Pay thing. attention to what the Packers are doing because and, and you know next, what? Year doing. next year they're going to take three <laughs> tight ends, and it'll probably be like the tight end class of of 2020 is probably going to be historic. You know, some of these dynasty drafts I've seen St. Brown still going in like the second round. You know, he was a sixth round pick. I don't get it. You know, to, to, to use a little bit of logic from the Packers, maybe they had all three of those receivers, Jermon Moore and uh, Marquez Valdez, Spalding, I believe. Yeah, get your foot off the boat. <laughs> Spalding. Um, he does maybe, like potato salad. Maybe they drafted the first guy. They drafted Jermon Moore, and they're like, ah, Spalding. They had them all like, about, about the same, right? And Spalding is there like, fine, let's take Spalding. And then I start like, oh, my God, this other guy is still when out there. When you're drafting a punter in the fifth and a long snapper <laughs> in the seventh, like, I feel like, Pretty much your board was like... They were accumulating you know too many picks. I'm going to tell you this. You know what they were doing at that point, Dave? They were sticker picking. <laughs> the Packers were the first NFL team to sticker pick oh, that's awesome. at an NFL draft. Who's left? Who's I should have ah, Give me David Akers. Yeah. Give me Akers. Yeah. Exactly what it was. <laughs> uh, Lamar Miller goes off the board. If at they the, ran on a player. At the 803 to Bip Lab Mandel, followed by Nelson Agoler. Agoler. Aguilar. As the number three receiver for Brad Kirkland, Isaiah Kroll. What do you make of Isaiah Kroll here to Kevin O'Connor? He is now a New York football jet playing behind Sam Darnold. But also Bilal Powell there. Darnold's a running back? Well, you know, I mean, physically he's playing behind oh, him right. in the backfield. Um, you have Bilal Powell there. You have um, not a, uh, 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 Eli McGuire is there. And then they added, uh, I can't think of what his name is, Cannon, uh, an undrafted free agent running back that a lot of people are talking about. What do you make of Kroll in that Jets offense? Is there anything there, or are we just in for more of the same what we saw in Cleveland of him in 2017? You know, I mean, he's a two-down back. Powell's going to get all the third-down work. So, you know, Thomas Rawls, I guess, is also there. So I don't get that excited about Kroll. I mean, I guess he's the starter. He's been productive. I mean, he's a productive first and second-down back. But does that does that yield – what does that yield, if, even if he's pretty decent? The team is, like, just pedestrian. It's not that great. How many touchdowns can he possibly score? So maybe he's a running back three. Well, he was the running back three for uh, Kevin O'Connor. So literally, the, the yeah. I mean, you just don't you don't get a whole lot of upside. Probably. I mean, it's, it's technically possible that he scores a whole bunch of touchdowns and breaks some long ones. He's a talented player. 
Uh, Calvin Ridley goes off the board at the uh, 806. That is to uh, Andy Lund there. And then uh, Michael Crabtree. Dave, I'm not understanding the redraft hate for Michael Crabtree. I think really going a lot later, by the way. Yeah, a lot later than, than he was in Revelations. Um, Michael Crabtree here, Dave, though, what's not to like about it? He's going to get like a it. ton of targets here. He's going off the board in the mid-eighth round. I, I think that's a fantastic pick for uh, Stuart Keene there to, to get Crabtree. Yeah, and... and as is number three receiver, by the way. In Dynasty, Crabtree is, you know, crap. But in redraft, I think he's a super value, actually, where he's getting picked. Uh, let's move on and talk about a couple of tight ends here. Jack Doyle goes to uh, Todd Aaron, followed by O.J. Howard to the Rocky Mountain Meatalytics, Clint Ostermiller's team there. I'm, I'm a little nervous about O.J. Howard myself. Okay, I was, I was just going to go Cameron Bray. I mean, okay, I was just going to ask you, if you had the choice there, you would take Doyle over Howard, right? Well, I don't really like Doyle either, but... If you were taking a tight end, those were the two tight ends you were faced with, you would take Doyle over Howard. Uh, no, I would take Howard. You would take Howard. Great. Um, so <laughs> glad, I'm still, I'm still, so glad, listen, I'm still a little nervous about Howard. I guess, if you can't point. tell, Dave and I don't do any show prep for this. Well, we don't. I mean, like, you know, we don't have to agree on everything. No, I, mean, I, have, just, I well, set you up for a poor question. How is Jacoby Brissett going to throw to Jack Doyle? That's the question. Well, remember, there's a new tight end in Indianapolis in addition to Jack Doyle, and his name is Eric Ebron. Oh, yeah, that's right. So he, you went, have, he went just right after me. Yeah, you have Ebron there as well, catching passes. <laughs> I missed your Andrew Luck joke. I was about to make the same one, and now I realize that you said that's funny. You know why you didn't get it? Because, because you just truth? figured it was going to happen that way. You're like, you're like not even thinking, thinking Luck coming back. I mean, it's not point, really that much of a joke. Yeah, I, I, it's kind of sad. Um, if you like Luck. That it's accurate. Will Fuller. <laughs> Is the uh, 8-10. He goes to uh, Dustin Hadrick uh, there, uh, Stone Cold Beast. Tom Brady coming off the board at the 8-11, followed by Martavis Bryant. I don't think he – even I'm not sure I'm on board with Martavis Bryant at the 8-12. The, the number three receiver for the Raiders. Who's the two again? Jordy Nelson, former Packer. I don't think he's the two. You think Martavis Bryant's the two? I'll bet you $5. Oh, my. I, hold on. I can't even believe I'm about to do this. I can't believe I'm about to place five bucks against Martavis Bryant, but I will. By the way, if you, if you, you're gonna, maybe you're going to notice in this draft that Jordy goes in the ninth round after Martavis Bryant. Oh, did he really? Okay. Yeah, Mr. Wyatt. I don't, even, I don't even care. I'll tell you, no, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you that um, nor, like normal ADP. Look, he, if Jordy Packer will tell you one thing, Jordy Nelson, he's still white, too. Right. Jordy Nelson, 11-10 is his ADP okay. right now in the FFPC. Martavis Bryant, 12-04. Wow, these guys both left up there. Uh, it's the Raider bump <laughs> that, that apparently is going on. Okay, so weeks 1 to 16, sure, I'll take more fantasy points. I will take Jordy Nelson. Oh, God, that's the other thing. I'm betting on Jordy Nelson. Yeah. I will take Jordy Nelson. You will take Martavis Bryant. I got five on it. You can get Eddie Lacy were you taking with Lacey? Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what that guy's doing right now. Yeah, um, you know what? I hope Eddie Lacey saved his money. I hope he's doing well. Uh, I, well, he made a lot of money from that garage sale that he had in Green Bay before he moved <laughs> out to, to Seattle, which I think he actually donated all that. That's uh, good. I, anyway. hope, you know, he, I hope he's a good guy. You know, all right. This is great for my dynasty squads because Martavis Bryant is locked and loaded for 2018 yeah. now that I bet against him. They paid a third-round draft pick, though. They, indeed, they did. They got good value for him. We're hopefully going to get to Jordy Nelson came free of charge. <laughs> yeah. Just walked down the street. Exactly. Sure. Oh, let's, Hello. Yeah. All right. We get it. <laughs> let's. 
Let's go to the phone lines here and save us from this Jordy Nelson Martavis Bryan conversation. Caller in the eight one seven, you are on the air with Balky and Dave. Who do we have the pleasure of speaking with? You have most of the Genesis crew on a conference call. Oh my god. Yeah. I can't I can't even imagine this, this is gonna be awful radio. Your teeth all soft. Okay. So who who is the who is the main uh, caller that we have so I can I can address all my questions through him? We we are all equal. No one? We we represent all right, you're all equal. Yeah. I, I will just I will address Which one who thinks they have the best team say I yeah. Uh, right, let, let's, uh, yeah, exactly. All right. So guys Stone Cold Beast. So Stone Cold Beast has obviously had the best uh, Genesis team thus far. That's that's the uh, consensus. So Genesis guys, I will ask this. There was a massive movement this year after, you know, because Genesis was really the only uh, live classic that we covered, and then so many people clamored for a second one that we added Revelation, and then that sort of took over, and Genesis, a lot of the original Genesis players sort of dropped out and didn't want to draft this early. What was the, what was the like, motivation for this groundswell movement to bring, you know, make Genesis great again? Well, I think it all comes down to teamwork. I mean, we, we're a tight-knit group, 26 2.0, and we found out about the Genesis movement. We all joined together, and um, you know, along the way, we found out about Revelations, but, you know, it's just uh, it's just not on the same level as Genesis. So, and you guys you guys talk about the, the, the FFPC, the 250 Dynasty, 26 2.0. It was insane how many trades went down in the, in that draft, you know, while the draft was going on and you still got, I was talking or emailing with uh, Robert Marshall today. It took like five and a half days. You guys were done. And that was with like 40 plus trades. Well, I mean, I, I can't, how did you guys get it done that quick with that many transactions? Dedication. Pure and simple, just dedication to it and the dedication to the craft and, and dedication <laughs> to getting it done. So stone cold beast. I heard, Somebody say, I'm assuming it was Dustin, saying that Stone Cold Beast had the best team thus far. Uh, is that the general consensus? What would have been uh, some of the best picks uh, for Dustin tonight? McKinnon. McKinnon in the second. Wait, McKinnon. We talk about that. Yeah, that okay, we will talk pick. about that because he, he went at the mid-third uh, in, in Revelation, and Dustin grabs him here tonight in Genesis at the 210, my goodness, and as, as, that is the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13th running back off the board. Dustin, I'm assuming we have you on. Talk about why McKinnon is, was, was, uh, was your pick there. So I've got an insider at the San Francisco and not only the table for McKinnon, so... Dustin, you were breaking up a little. Yeah, you were breaking Perfect. up a little bit there, but it sounded it sounded like you had uh, you had you had you have some sort of inside source in San Francisco saying that man, right, these guys right. love McKinnon can, there. Can you hear me now? Yeah, you're coming in good. All right, cool, cool, cool. So uh, not only did Shanahan jump on the table for McKinnon, he broke the table. So the two ten was was easy value. 
That's yeah. I mean, McKinnon there is is, uh, is a fantastic, fantastic pick. You get um, Tariq Cohen, a guy I like um, in the sixth. Excuse me, in the seventh round. Um, and I like the Duke Johnson pick now that we know Barkley will not be playing in Cleveland uh, as a good pick uh, in the ninth round there. Talk a little bit about Ricky Seals-Jones. Is he going to be, is this going to be the breakout year for him? Uh, he's a tight end, obviously, in, in the FFPC this year. You get him in the 12th round. There was a blurb out in, uh, on him today that he's, uh, he's going to have an expanded role in that offense. What about Seals-Jones? No, nothing. Nothing with Seals Jones. Well, I think on Seals Jones, I mean, there's just there's no other competition there. I mean, who are they going to throw the ball to outside of Pitt? So, you know, Christian Kirk, great draft pick. I think he'll come on strong later in the season. But, uh, you know, from from a Ricky Seals Jones perspective, I think he's just going to get some volume. And, you know, you got to take advantage of that when you can. All right, I don't know if we have – do we have Greg McLean on right now? No, Greg. Damn it. Okay, I wanted to ask about the Royce Freeman pick at 501. I thought that would have been uh, interesting. Is there any other? I, I, I want to let you because I don't want to, you know, make the 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 whole show about you guys, uh, you know, missing your picks because you're on the air. But is there any other picks that that were shocking to any of you guys tonight, or or maybe picks that surprised any of you? A little surprised Barkley slipped uh, 1.7. Yeah, Barkley, I mean, he went at 105 in Revelations. He goes at 107 here. Are you guys, and, and obviously it just takes one player to, to take him, but is there anybody who is not on board with Sa- Saquon Barkley in the mid-first right now? In the redraft, I think that's Yeah, in redraft. He hasn't. He hasn't stepped one foot on. Uh, he has not stepped one foot on the football field yet in the pro level. So I think taking him that early is pretty risky. It is risky. Personally, but, I would have taken and, him first and, overall. Yeah, that's right. He's first overall in that startup. I forgot about that. Um, listen, guys. <laughs> I want to say thank you not only for calling in tonight and uh, and sharing your your wisdom on on the uh, Genesis draft, but I want to thank you for making Genesis great again. This is uh, fantastic. The rivalry has been regenerated. Uh, great stuff from you guys tonight. We'll continue hey covering uh, this draft for the next half hour. Yeah, go ahead. Hey, go real quick before you let us go. Um, can you ask? So, wondering why you covered Revelations first when uh, you guys said whoever fills up the draft. You know, the goes first. Well, we filled ours up first, and then there was the Twitter feed thing where we won the, uh, you know, the likes and the retweets and stuff. We won that. Just wondering why you covered uh, um, the Revelations first. Yeah, that's well, a great like question. Okay, that, that is that's a good question. Bobby. Fantastic question, but and you know what? One that deserves an, <laughs> listen. One that deserves an answer. Hang up on. And I want to Hang thank on. you for asking that question tonight. <laughs> Thank you very much. Very no, I'm just kidding. No, I will say that. No Listen, I, here's my answer. Um, first of all, I knew who was winning the Twitter poll, obviously. Okay. You guys were clearly going to win that. I knew, obviously, Genesis filled the league first. The reason is because Revelations worked so hard. It was a multi-year effort for these guys to try to get on before Genesis, and I didn't want to take it away from them in one fell swoop. But I'll tell you this. I'll take it away in two because what you guys have done this year – it's been truly amazing. You keep it up for a second year, and uh, it'll just be all about Genesis. Can I tell you the real answer? Frankly, what we want anyway. 
Balky's a giant suck up, and then he's going to see Ron Meyer at the Revolutions in person tomorrow. So yeah, so what's So what do we need to do next year to be on first? Nothing more than what you did this year. I will guarantee you guys are on first next year. Really? Sure. You got the Gerzak guarantee, so congratulations, you guys. That's it. You're locked and loaded. Lock it in. I got five on it. Mark the tape. Rob will mark (laughs) the tape. I'm not putting five on it because I want to put Genesis on first next year now. So I'm not going to bet on that because you guys Uh, are going to be on first. (laughs) All right. Thanks so much, guys. We're going to get back to covering your draft here. I appreciate you guys uh, calling in and uh, and all the great stuff that you've done for uh, 26.2.0 and uh, Genesis as well. Good luck the rest of the way, and I will talk to you again soon. Thanks, guys. Later, boys. Later, boys. All right. Genesis calling in from the – the uh, the conference call that I that is a first for the high take fantasy football hour. I've never had that before. Oh, I don't know how great the audio was, but I'll bet my cod piece on it that they go first next year. Nobody wants that cod piece. Thanks to Shane Piala, I like that. All right, <laughs> so we will. Uh, that's so great. The Genesis guys are, are Revelations guys are great. Genesis guys are great too. Everybody's great. Everything's great. Let's let's get I'm back to, to this ninth round. Theo Riddick at the nine oh one to uh, to Greg McClain. Uh, Eric Ebron, right after that, we talked about him at the 902 uh, to Jake Delight. And then uh, Duke Johnson, 903. Chris Hogan at the 904. Dave, you say Julian Edelman is a risky pick in the fourth round. Does that make Hogan a nice little sleeper in the ninth? Exactly. That's exactly what it makes him. You'd be on board with Hogan in the ninth. I would. All right. Why not? Um, and the, well, other, the guy wants the next two guys, too, aren't too, too shabby. Uh, yeah, let's talk about it. Rex Burkhead, his uh, real-life teammate, goes to uh, Todd Aaron as his number three running back. Harvard with Sony Michelle, by the way. Let's talk, about, let's talk about that a little bit. Is that a good pairing to do this year in fantasy drafts, getting Michelle, Much getting Burkhead? Better in best ball. But, I mean, you know, you, you see what happens if one guy gets hurt. That's actually kind of good for you. Um, they're, supposedly they're going to play, it seems like they're going to play different roles in the offense, right? Is Burkhead going to be more of a first and second down guy? Well, I don't know, because they, I think they do a lot of the same stuff. Right? It's not, Mike Gillisley and, right? and Jeremy Hill. Can we agree that one of those guys is making the team and one of those guys is making the I'm, team? I'm going to guess that Hill makes it and Gillisley is not, but who knows? I don't know. Sony Michelle currently going at 503 in uh, in FFPC drafts and Burkhead, you, you can wait all the way until the uh, eighth round, 803. Uh, so certainly in best ball, maybe that's a little bit more tenable. I believe right. I'm using that word correctly. Sure. Um, to do that there. Uh, but you can do it in classics like this. And certainly locking up, uh, you know, a very good offense's running game. I mean, those are the two pieces I'd want. Maybe James White enters that. But, I mean, James White is super frustrating in this format because you'll right. never know when to start him. Right. Uh, I'm like Cooper Cup. Yeah, Cooper Cup. Your boy, Cooper <laughs> Cup. The number four receiver drafted uh, tonight by uh, by Stuart Keane. Uh, he goes in the uh, ninth round. Cooper Cup, I think, is going to be on a lot of your teams this year, Dave. He's already on a lot of my dynasty teams, so he might be. Cooper Cup. <laughs> Followed by another one of your favorite players, the anti-Gerzak pick, Randall Cobb. I'll make a bet on him. I just keep cashing my paycheck. I'm telling you, man. I think he is going to have a good season this year. I'll take Cup versus Cup. No, I don't want to do that. I like. Why not? They're right about the same spot. In this draft, hold on. Let if (laughs) hold on. I I, maybe I'll do. I'll take DJ Moore against Cup. Hold on. (laughs) Okay, yeah. Cup's going almost three rounds ahead of Randall Cobb. All right. Well, sorry, I didn't know that. DJ Moore, you would take over Randall Cobb. Sure. It's not even fair. You're right. You're going to lose. 
Okay. <laughs> DJ Moore fantasy points versus Randall Cobb sure, in 26-2018, weeks 1-16. I'll take DJ Moore. Well, you know what? I would have won that bet in 2016, too. I got five. I got five. So DJ Moore, if he gets like 700 yards and four touchdowns, he'll probably win. This is a guy, okay, you already said Devin Funches is the wide receiver one on this team, and now you just put five bucks on Moore beating Randall Cobb. Yeah, because Randall Cobb sucks. Randall Cobb cannot stop hurting you. Randall Cobb, I mean, look at his fantastic year last year. 66 for 653 and four touchdowns. Oh, wait, you know what? Rodgers was, you know, not full strength. How about the year before? 60 for 610 and, oh, four touchdowns again. He's a piece of crap. You think DJ Morgan would put up better numbers than that in his rookie year? Yeah. In Carolina? Absolutely. DJ Moore, DJ Moore is going to be a WR1, mark my words. Yes, he is going to be. Not this year. He will, yeah, you know, some receivers do well their first year. Maybe not 1,210, but they do pretty well. Yes, pretty well. Almost <laughs> as good as Randall Cobb. I, lo- I love how, by the way, you go... I throw out 604 touchdowns, and you really don't dispute that too much. Yeah. I mean, he should actually... Even I think he'll be better than that this year. Well, you know, I've come to understand certain things you say on the show are clearly in jest. That was one of them. Was Ty Montgomery moving back to receivers a question? I don't think he is. No? Uh, Dave, uh, what would you do in the FFPC? I'm not going to wait for that. What would you do in the FFPC? What, what are you going to switch Ty Montgomery back to uh, wide receiver? <laughs> you know what? I hope he stays. I actually did see a position change today from Arizona. Elijah Penny is switching to fullback slash tight end. So I'll read all that, yeah. Well, I guess we'll make him a. a I, he's both. Yeah, that that's that was a roto world blurb. I mean, obviously the NFL is only going to list him at one position, so maybe he doesn't change positions. Whatever, whatever he's at. I mean, yeah, people people got upset because uh, who was it, Jalen Samuels? Jalen Samuels, yeah. Yeah, you know the, the team moves him from tight end to running back. What are we supposed to? We do? don't need to get into this. I mean, it's, you know, you gotta, you gotta I, do. yeah, I get it. Um, okay, so Ty Montgomery goes right after Randall Cobb, and then uh, DJ Moore, actually. Is that why you – I didn't even notice this. Is that why you chose Moore versus well, Cobb? Because yeah, I mean, I knew he, they went around the same spot. Okay. Yeah. I, I honestly don't know where DJ I Moore was. I also don't know his ADP either. Um, 14.06. Right, so it's lower. Yeah, a couple of rounds. But you're a but, big believer. But I'll keep in mind, I, you know, I think that ADP is a little off. This Genesis and Revelations are setting They the are future. setting it. It's going to be totally different tomorrow when the Football Guys Players Championship launches. You want to be a part of it, both myffpc.com slash guys. Check it out. There's spots still open for tomorrow's draft. And by the way, if you want to draft on Sunday, yours truly will be commissioning. I can't wait uh, to, uh, to check it out and see how it's going. Jordy Nelson right after DJ Moore. Uh, he goes to Bip Lab Mandel. Boy, Bip. Doug Baldwin, Pierre Garcon, Jordy Nelson going for the all-age team at wide receiver there. Um, you yeah, no, no, have to have Josh Gordon in there as well. And yeah, he's not young either. But Biff Lab's a person who obviously is able to, at least on a receiver basis, he's taking young running backs and older wide receivers. That's generally yeah. a smart move. Yeah. Wait, young running backs, old receivers? Yeah, because young running backs are good. And young running backs, by the way, like this is when they have the fewest injuries, the fewest tread on their tires is when they are young. You know, and we've said it before, running back is usually, as far as the – from the college games to the NFL game, it's the easiest position to acclimate to. Easier than tight end, obviously. Easier than wide receiver. It's a hell of a lot easier than quarterback. Uh, so, and as far as skill positions go, that's all we care about. Jordy Nelson uh, goes here in the ninth round to uh, Biff Lab. We mentioned that. Sterling Shepard right after that to fantasy dum-dums, or as you call them, fantasy smart smarts. That's Robert Marshall. <laughs> uh, Cam Newton completing round nine. Let's get into round 10, Dave, because there are some interesting ass picks here. 
Des Bryant to John Walter. I love it. I love it. And free agent Des Bryant. Yeah. Uh, the unemployed Des Bryant. Currently, I'm making more money than him. Uh, Sam's endorsements, obviously. Or maybe not. Des Bryant goes there. Would you be taking Des Bryant in the 10th round when he's not signed? And, and we know what kind of separation he was getting last year? Yeah, I'm looking at some of these other receivers. I, you know, I probably would. Uh, and he hasn't signed yet. I would, I would consider him. I would consider him right. in that area. But I, I think, like, Marquise Goodwin goes later in the 10th. Sorry to spoil it. But I would probably look at Marquise Goodwin ahead of him, even though I'm not. I know you like Des Bryant better than Devontae Parker. Yeah, yeah, I don't like Devontae. I don't, I don't believe in the Devontae Parker fourth year. It was a fourth year breakout. Yeah. I don't believe in that. It happened before. Kellen Benjamin, what is he, 35 now? I mean, whatever he came out of the He NFL. was 35 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, Alan Hearns, what about him? You have the, the ostensibly the number one receiver in Dallas going after the former number I would, one yeah, receiver. I would, yeah, I would, I would look at Alan Hearns possibly, actually. I mean, you know, like that Josh Doxson, right? Not, not generally speaking. Cam Meredith could be interesting. I will say this. I do like to pick right after Des Bryant uh, quite a bit uh, more, and I would have taken him over Des Bryant, even though they're not the same position. But More. fantasy smart smarts, oh, yeah. Deontay yeah. Foreman, you might be getting the starting running back for the majority of the season in Houston on that prolific Houston that's offense a, in the 10th round. That's a tough recovery. I don't, I don't, it is a tough I don't recovery. Believe, but he, I don't believe in Lamar Miller, but I don't know if I believe it. But Foreman's gonna get it's not like Foreman is not an old player, Dave. No, I know he's a he he young. Was, so he was, and he was super young coming into the NFL, too. I mean, that's. If you're so going to magical recovery, yes, more magical than somebody who would be, <laughs> you know, half decade older than him. You know, you laugh, but I'm serious. You recover from these injuries better when you're. He's like 20, 21 years old. He's not very old. I, I don't know. It, it's a significant injury, but you're talking about the tenth round. The upside there is pretty massive. The torn Achilles, torn Achilles are super hard, but we'll see. Yeah. It was Achilles, right? Yeah. And uh, that was his number five running back, by the way, too. So there's some really good depth on uh, Robert Marshall's team yeah, there. You can afford to make that pick. I, I, I'm really questioning it for him getting back. Devontae Parker, I'll tell you what, you and Vip Lab Mandel are not agreeing on a lot of picks tonight. You know, I like Vip a lot. I, we can agree on a no, lot of No, we're just talking about your picks. You guys are best buddies <laughs> in real life. But I'm just saying, like, not agreeing a lot on fantasy this year. That's all right. Yeah. We, you don't, we don't have to agree on stuff. You don't have to. I don't like Mike Jusaki either. Um, Cameron Brate right after to uh, the notorious B1G, that is uh, Brad Kirkland, uh, followed by Kelvin Benjamin to uh, Kevin O'Connor. I noticed that's a timeout pick. I wonder if he was making a pick in Revelations at the time and timed out on the Kelvin Benjamin. Yeah, maybe she used incognito window. Marshawn Lynch to Saquon this in the 10th round. Dave, a starting running back on what should be a good bounce back offense. I'm on board with Marshawn Lynch in the 10th round. Yo, I mean, Lynch. What did, I mean, he played a few games last year. It just seemed like he barely played or he wasn't producing, but I guess he technically was on the team. It just seemed like he was, didn't get enough playing time. And I haven't been listening to Stupid Gruden and what he's been yammering about, so I really don't know enough about Marshawn Lynch and what the supposed usage is going to be this year. Right. I mean, last year he had 207 rushing attempts, 891 yards, 4.3 yards uh, per carry, seven touchdowns, 20 receptions. It's just like... He's like he's kind of playing once in a while. I guess they look at the threats to him there. They didn't I guess really, it's a tenth They didn't do it anything in the draft really at running back. I know. Yeah. And you have DeAndre Washington, Jalen Richard, and Doug Martin. Basically the same crew. Yeah. Doug Martin might not even make the team. Doug Martin's terrible. I mean, his his career is like over. Yeah. If you want an empire swag for a fourth round pick, you'll feel free. What do you make of what the Raiders are doing, signing all these veteran guys? <laughs> I think. 
I think the game has passed John Green by. Does We're going to find out in about three years okay. he's good when he gets fired. Right, okay, that's fine. But 10 years, $100 million, that's a lot of money. Let's talk about what this, how yeah, we apply this to fantasy. Yeah. Because this has, I mean, I like Amari Cooper, and I still like Amari Cooper, but the way I see this team managed, it's scaring me quite a bit. I kind of, I, I kind of agree. I mean, Jordy Nelson. I mean, he could. Jared Cook. Yeah. Marshawn Lynch. Well, Lynch was there. But I mean, it's 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 a very old old team. They just signed Derek Johnson today. I understand he's a linebacker. Derek Johnson is gonna be 36 by the time the season starts. I think when you, I think it's a to me, it's pretty obvious that in the AFC West that they are the worst run franchise. You know, they they traditionally have been. Yeah. And then they you know maybe weren't for a little while. But you know, you look at the you know the Broncos, the Chiefs, uh, what is the Chargers? Yeah. I think those they're all well run. I would say this. The Chiefs, I think, are great. I think the Chiefs are fantastic. They might be the worst run. A team in that division, but they're probably only two or three spots away from being the best round team in that division. So. <laughs> are they like the Dolphins West? That's all like their management team. That's why they're, are they that bad? Not quite that bad. Oh uh, yeah, not, they're getting up there though. The Bills are the Dolphins North. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Let's uh, let's continue on here, and then we're going to get into some team analysis here shortly. Uh, where 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 we leave off? I forgot. I'm sorry. Uh, I was probably rip, I was probably ripping on one of Bifflab's picks. Yeah. So let's go back to his team. <laughs> no, Marshawn Lynch. Right after that, C.J. Anderson, unemployed C.J. Anderson. I love the Drew Reese pick. To Stuart Keane in the uh, mid tenth. This is another guy who's unemployed. Does not have a team right now. Fingers crossed. He signs an indie for us C.J. Anderson dynasty owners and becomes the man there. I think C.J. Anderson's got, he's going to get signed somewhere. He's actually like the best guy out there. Right he now. could be the type of guy that ha- doesn't have a job, but then somebody goes down in training camp, and then all of a sudden, like, hey, C.J. Anderson's still out there. Let's grab him. Yeah, he's legitimately fairly talented back. He's not fantastic, but he's fairly talented. That's what scares me about Des Bryant is I think that's what might happen to him. He doesn't get signed until somebody gets hurt. Well, De- the problem with Des Bryant is he's got still has some skills left, but he doesn't. He, he's a kind of a head case, as we all know. And, you know, Farrell said, this is when Dez was still on Dallas. Farrell Elliott. Yeah. yeah. Farrell said that Dez just is not, he's not able to do what Fitz did and move to the slot. He's not able to run a full route tree, like, and just, you know. Change his go, game to go his in, current Go in motion. And he yeah. says he's just not that bright of a player like Fitz where he could say, oh, okay, well, you do this, this, and this. Oh, okay, no problem. I'll do that. Think on the fly. Yeah. It's just not, you know, Dez is, a, he said that Dez is an outside receiver only. Yeah. Which right. is unfortunate. Yeah. Um, okay, so moving on, the notorious ASJ goes to the mad genius of fantasy football there at the, uh, I guess that would be the 1008. Mar- hey, mad genius, this isn't basketball. You don't need five tight ends. You know, four <laughs> He's only got four. Um, Marquis Goodwin right after that, followed by Alan Hearns. We talked about him earlier. And then Josh Doxson to Jake Delikes, uh, spree at last. Uh, Corey Clement finishing the 10th round. What do you make of Corey Clement? Because you have Danelle Pumphrey coming back. Darren Sproles, I believe, is back for another year. You already have Jay Ajayi there. They kind of went with like a three-headed attack last year. Clement was one of those heads, but I don't know, man. In the 10th round, Corey Clement, he's probably going to have to have some injuries to be significant, and that's assuming he'll become like pretty significant in that backfield and that they don't just replace whoever gets hurt with another body. Yeah, that's kind of like running back by board of directors instead of running back by committee. Yeah. Like the whole nine yards. Not to mention they signed Josh Adams. Uh, from Notre Dame, who was actually pretty highly valued by a lot of pundits. Yeah. And they paid him a $55,000 undrafted free agent signing bonus. A little high. The, the highest in the class, one of the highest ones. I think, I actually kind of like Josh Adams and Dynasty as a late-round flyer. Uh, not that that really impacts Corey Clement here necessarily, but Pumphrey, too, by the way, he was the running back 
that outproduced Penny. Rashad Penny. Or not Rashad. Penny outproduced him, but he was the, he was the guy Penny who was, played behind him yeah, for Penny three couldn't, years. Yeah, Penny couldn't unseat right. Humphrey. So, I mean, Penny just went in the late first round. And so, Humphrey's got to be not too sucky. I know he's a small guy, but come on. He's a smaller guy, and he's not – I believe he doesn't have a team that views him in the same role as Seattle views Rashad Penny. I'm sure. Obviously not. Um, I had a great point. I was Oh, uh, Josh Adams, by the way, as long as you're singing his praises. Bear in mind, he ran behind two guys that went the top ten of the NFL draft. Yeah, I know. Everyone talks about that. And I've, I've, well, include me and everyone. <laughs> I just brought it up. Well, you know, he was pro football focus rated him as it was like a top six or seven back. Um, I think that R.C. Fisher rated him as a top five Collegefootballmetrics.com. Yeah, he had him really high as well. I don't think that uh, Waldman did, but nevertheless, I mean, there were some pretty respected, different evaluating companies or people or whatever that liked, Josh, liked Adams a lot. And he was predicted to be drafted. I mean, he just didn't, didn't get picked for whatever reason. I, there were some injury concerns with him, too, as well. Right, yeah, he, he has gotten hurt before. Um, you're not drafting Josh Adams in the 20-round league, though. No, I would not. Right. Best ball. I was looking at him there. Why not? Okay. We're in the 27th round. I mean, who gives a crap? Uh, moving on. That was uh, the – where were we? That was the 10th round. Okay, so kicking off the 11th round, and this will be the last round, and then we'll go through some team analysis. Cameron Meredith, Robbie Anderson, and Marquise Lee, three receivers kicking things off. Uh, you think Cameron Meredith passed this knee injury thing and he could be pretty viable in that New Orleans offense? It seems that way. They paid him a little bit of money. Um, you know who I really like there? Nah, this is more Dynasty. And this is actually a spoiler alert Thomas. Uh, for the Rotoviz <laughs> high-stakes lowdown. Um, Traquan Smith going, uh, going to the Saints there. If this Meredith thing doesn't work out, Traquan Smith actually could be a pretty valuable guy in that New Orleans offense if Breeze is able to play a few more seasons. So. That's true. You know, R.C. Fisher, I remember specifically him talking about Traquan Smith, that he hated him because he was strictly ran bombs. That's all he did in yeah. Central Florida. Now he's going to drop them all over the field <laughs> in the next couple <laughs> like of years. Dropping bombs like Dropping okay. bombs. Robbie Anderson, Marquise Lee, Vance McDonald. And I uh, believe the Steelers are just talking Vance McDonald up as being a significant part of their offense. Really? Yeah, he goes at the 11-04 here to Rocky Mountain Metalytics. Uh, he is the first of three straight tight ends drafted. Jared Cook, the Todd Aaron, and Charles Clay. Stuart Keen right after that. Penny Still, the guy I really like in the seventh round. Or excuse me, the seventh round. The seventh spot in the uh, 11th round, followed by Austin Hooper. I want to put out a... Uh, uh, want or uh, excuse me, um, some sort of Craigslist for my Austin Hooper shares in Dynasty. I would give him up for pretty much anything at this point. Oh, you're putting him on Backpage at this point. Yeah, what Backpage? That's the uh, the porn the, the site where they they shut down all like the prostitute listings. Oh, really? The government sees. Well, I can't put the him there. Website. All the listings are taken down. I gotta I gotta sell this guy, man. First defense goes off the board to uh, Brad Kirkland here at the uh, 11.09. That's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mike Gusecki, 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 Aguilar goes uh, at the 11th end there to Vip uh, Lab Mandel. Kirk Cousins and Kenny Galladay complete the 11th round. Can we, just, we didn't really talk about Marquise Lee. Yeah, let's talk about him. So this is the player. He's the number one receiver on the Jaguars offense. Granted, you have the great Blake Bortles. By the way, if you don't follow at Blake Bortles facts on Twitter, feel free to do so immediately because it's fantastic. Good stuff. Um, Better follow Blake Bortles facts, at Blake Bortles facts, or at Tapped Andrew Luck. <laughs> I think Bortles facts. Actually. I don't know, man. Luck keeps on. Anyway. So Marquis is the number one receiver for the Jags. Right. They let, inexplicably, they let Allen Robinson go to – to, to then keep Lee and Albert Wilson. I don't agree with the decision, but they did it. So I, I think Lee in the 11th round is a fantastic pick. I mean, that's great. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so uh, I, and I'm fine with that. I'm actually I'm actually trying to acquire Marquise Lee in a couple of dynasty leagues, just as sort of like a one year. Type I have one Carrington actually. Do you want to give me the one? No, but see the word. No, that <laughs> you we can't. I have but to. You and I and, and, and Lee for the one No. <laughs> I bet the terrible. Off. I, I know. I, I was like, what am I missing here? Um, I have to tra- I have to trade for him to a guy who is ready to bail on him. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and you and I clearly are both not going to. I'm ready to bail on him, but whatever you want him for. I'm, I'm ready to bail on this freaking show. We got 14 minutes All left, right. and we still got to do Fine. team evaluation. Fine, go ahead. Give me some let's more. let's uh, start things off with uh, Greg McClain's tea bag for two. Uh, the uh, quarterback is Carson Wentz. Running back, Todd Gurley, Royce Freeman, Tevin Coleman, Theo Riddick, Corey Clement, Devontae Booker. Receivers, Mike Evans, Corey Davis, Martavis Bryant, Cameron Meredith, DJ Chark. Tight end, Zach Ertz, uh, Kyle Rudolph, and uh, Jake Butt. So there's a lot of youth on this team, Dave, a lot of unproven assets. If one or two of these guys hit, I think that Ertz and Rudolph are going to cover a lot of um, uh, ground here, at least in the early going. If Freeman gets that job, that is a nice pick in the fifth round. And obviously, you know my feelings on Corey Davis. Uh, so, uh, you know, this is a solid team. It's uh, running back heavy, but it's a team that uh, could work out in this league. Well, I think he needs Freeman to really emerge, or Coleman to have, uh, have what's his name, be hurt all offseason, you know, Devonta Freeman to stay hurt. Uh, he, and he also needs Corey Davis to come out, and he needs Martavis Bryant. I think he has a lot of. They, he had, he's betting on the come on a lot of players, and I think that's you're seeing the signs of Ertz and Rudolph being taken back to back. That you don't have a running back or receiver that would help you out a little bit more. Uh, so that's a little bit of a concern of mine. I, I, think, I probably would have gone with somebody else instead of taking Rudolph on the floor. Moving on to Jake Pelek's a spree at last. The uh, quarterback is. Hill, receivers A.J. Green, Marvin Jones, Josh Doxson, Robbie Anderson, Jordan Matthews, John Brown, receivers, George, excuse me, tight end, Jordan Reed, Tyler Eifert, Eric Ebron. So this is not my favorite team, but it's top-heavy at running back. Um, there's um, some question marks uh, with the receiver depth. No questions with the tight end depth. The questions there, Dave, are just the quality of the tight ends. Yeah, I mean, he's going to need one of them to emerge, and he's going to need another one. He actually needs two of them to emerge to actually stay healthy and produce. He's got A.J. Green, Marvin Jones, Doxon, Robbie Anderson. Those guys could be fine. Running backs are fantastic. I love the Brady pick. The team could do something. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, you know, if, if Reed, Eifert, and Ebron actually all do stuff, then he's going to be in fantastic shape. Moving on to Dustin Hadjik's Stone Cold Beast, Patrick Mahomes, and Alex Smith at quarterback. Ezekiel Elliott, Jarek McKinnon, Tariq Cohen, Duke Johnson at running back. Allen Robinson, Demarius Thomas, Sammy Watkins, Will Fuller, Allen Hearns, Marquise Lee, Tyler Lockett, D.D. Westbrook at receiver. Tight ends are David Njoku, Ricky Seals-Jones, and Gerald Everett. Dave, I really like this team. The question mark for me is who's going to step up at tight end? Yeah, tight end is a big question mark. He waited super long on quarterback, which really benefited him largely at running back and receiver. So you look at his running backs and receivers, you got Cohen and Duke Johnson. Those are three and four running backs. Those are both great pass catchers. Robinson, Demarius Thomas. I don't know about Sammy Wobble, see what he does. I really didn't care for the Will Fuller pick. I feel like that was not that great. But Alan Hearns and Marquis Lee, he made up for it with those. G. Westbrook was nice in the 15th round as well. I like this team a lot. Um, but like you said, a lot of times it's the teams that look crappy at tight end are the ones that look great in all these other spots. So if Ricky Seals-Jones does come out, and, and Joku is the second year. He could emerge. Absolutely possible. This team could be really good. 
Rocky Mountain Metalytics, let's get to them. Matthew Stafford at quarterback, David Johnson, LaShawn McCoy, Chris Thompson, Latavius Murray, Matt Breida at running back. Devontae Adams, Alshon Jeffrey, Jameson Crowder, Chris Hogan, Marquise Goodwin, Tyrell, Tyrell Williams, excuse me, at receiver. And the tight ends, Greg Olson, O.J. Howard, and Vance McDonald. I don't have a problem with the tight ends. I think they're solid. Uh, I think the quarterback, I mean, Stafford, you're, you're fine there. Uh, I like the receivers. Uh, running backs are all right. I'm just questioning how deep they are. I mean, if, if LaShawn McCoy does take a step back in that Bills offense, if he does go down, you're looking at Chris Thompson and Latavius Murray stepping up, and I don't know how valuable Matt Breida is. Yeah, Murray and Breida are probably not going to – I don't think not so much holding him, but that's good. And Marquis Goodwin is a, is a really nice player as well. Um, but he does, he's going to need help. I don't, really, I don't really believe in the backups at all. Uh, let's move on to, let's see, uh, Mad Genius of Fantasy Football. That's Todd Aaron. He has Deshaun Watson, Ben Roethlisberger as his quarterbacks. Uh, you're looking at Antonio, or excuse me, uh, Sony Michelle, Carlos Hyde, Rex Burkhead, Giovanni Bernard, LeGarrette Blount, and Samaji Pirine at running back. Uh, the receivers, Antonio Brown, Keenan Allen, Tyreek Hill, and then he waited all the way to Cortland Sutton and grabbed Mike Williams late. Uh, tight ends, Jimmy Graham, Jack Doyle, Austin Superior Jenkins, and Jared Cook. Dave, the question on this team uh, is, uh, well, there's a couple of them. The, you know, this, this New England running back pairing has to work out, uh, and then those top three receivers basically all have to hit, which you would imagine that they would. Um, quarterbacks are fine, uh, and then the tight ends, there's a lot of question marks there. But there's a, lot, there's a lot of question marks there, so that's good that, that you have this, you know, all these options to choose from there. Uh, the, problem, you know, the problem I kind of have is he went with three receivers early, and then from rounds four through 13, he didn't take a single other receiver. So your advantages you had totally goes away every single round that you pass out on a fourth, fifth, and sixth wide receiver. I know you have to make up the other spots, but you kind of have to pepper a few in there. You can't start with three, three receivers and then have four tight ends go and expect your receivers to still be the strength of your team because it no longer is anymore. And then you're not getting enough value in FFPC scoring with all those extra tight ends in the rounds 8, 10, and 11 to really do that. So I don't, I don't care for the way that it, it worked out. I love the Sean Watson pick. I think that'll be interesting. But I think that uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, he's really going to need like Cortland Sutton or Mike Williams to do something. Uh, let's go to uh, Stuart King's uh, lob four. It is Russell Wilson at quarterback. Devontae Freeman, Joe Mixon, Marlon Mack, C.J. Anderson, Bilal Powell, John Kelly at running back. Uh, receivers, DeAndre Hopkins, T.Y. Hilton, Michael Crabtree, Cooper Cup, Rashard Matthews at receiver. Rashard Matthews is another guy I like, actually, this year, Dave. Delaney Wong. actually produces. And Marlon Mack also deal with Naheem Hines and uh, I think it's Jordan Wilkins out of what Southern Miss right. fifth round pick. Uh, did he go to Southern Miss? Miss, Old Miss, Mississippi State, whatever the hell it was. Well some SEC crappy team. Um, but he, you know Marlon Mack, if he keeps that job and he actually does something that, that'll help him out. My question really is the running back. And CJ Anderson, it's like just throwing that's like having a joker in the deck. We'll see what happens with him. Uh, let's go to uh, Saquon Nitz. That is uh, Andy Lund's team. So Saquon Nitz has Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, running backs uh, Saquon Barkley, Darius Geis, Nick Chubb, Marshawn Lynch, uh, receivers Amari Cooper, Julian Edelman, Calvin Ridley, Randall Cobb, Kenny Stills, Albert Wilson, Christian Kirk, Geronimo Allison,
<laughs> Did you hear this? Are yeah. you hearing this? 60 seconds. So we're on right now. I I, I want to apologize for the yeah, technical difficulties. Yeah, well, so 60 seconds. I'll wrap it up. I want to thank John Walter, Ron Meyer, Brian Holgen, all the Genesis crew for calling in tonight. Teams uh, 9 through 12 were about tied. Yeah. <laughs> They were all the best, though, but those four teams. Really fortunate that it just worked out that way. I thought that was great. I want to thank Rob uh, Bryce for commissioning tonight, and, of course, all of you for uh, listening and putting up these technical difficulties. We will be back at our normal time uh, next week, allegedly, at 10-9 Central. And uh, Genesis Drafter, he was in the one spot tonight, Greg McLean. Uh, He will be our guest on the show. We're going to quiz him uh, about this, and we'll talk uh, about uh, his draft there. Register for the main event, Best Ball Dynasty League at myffpc.com. Football Guys Players Championship launches this weekend. Get in on the early bird. Good luck in your rookie drafts tomorrow and startups in your weekend starts now. Right, don't say anything stupid yet because we're, we're still on. <laughs>